Hi guys, yeah. welcome to Let's Talk About It. This is the late night segment of our all day live stream. We will do these once a month. We do them on the last Saturday of every month. I interview different people over different topics that we have shared interests in and it'll be really fucking cool. Tonight's topic is polyamory. Starting out with my guest, Nicole. Please introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Nicole. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, what are your pronouns? What is Oh, your yeah, okay. Yeah, like, how do you identify sexually and all of that? Like, let, let us know. Okay, so I go by she, her. Although I like to consider myself very gender non-conforming, but, like, I'm fine with she, her pronouns because I am more, I guess, more femme. Although that's debatable. <laughs> um, you're, you're sporty femme for sure. Oh yeah, I'm sporty, sporty femme. I love it. I'm, I'm creating a whole new genre, jock femme. Uh, ah! <laughs> the, uh, my uh, sexual orientation, I guess we uh, is, I'm gonna say it's pansexual because oh. I felt like when we, after our talk last time, I think that pansexual definitely is a broader spectrum and that's like, what I'm, I'm about. I paint broad strokes. That's valid. Like, if that is, like, I, I will reiterate for those that weren't in the stream last time we talked about this, a label only has meaning if it means something to you. And what you resonate with and how you identify is the most important thing, especially when it comes to non-monosexuality. And that, and what I mean when I say non-monosexuality is sexuality that is characterized by attraction to more than one gender. Um, there are a couple of different identifiers for that, but there's a lot of overlap within that. So it's, it's really just about how you feel about it. It's a Venn diagram with a lot of crossover. <laughs> 100%. I also am graced by the presence of my very good friend, my sister, Emily Gatowski. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, my name is Emily Gatowski. I use the pronoun she, her. Um, I'm very pretty today. Thank you for noticing and telling me. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you, girl. oh my god iconic um no i got this top in my stitch fix box and i really wanted to wear it so that's really what i'm doing um because we can't go anywhere because it's a pandemic it's also my vaccination top hello hello i'm ready the state of arizona i am ready <laughs> um anyway uh so that's pretty much me that's my my sexual orientation is i'm ready to get vaccinated uh and i'm very <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we are all sluts for vaccines here. All right. Yeah. That's a different kind of Fauci ouchie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, that's it. That's really where I'm at. I'm very bisexual. Uh, I'm missing the nose ring. I will fix that hopefully after quarantine. And um, are we going for septum or nostril? Nostril. I can't do septum. It freaks me out. I, I I'm also like ADHD. That- it mm. freaks me out, but I do want. Uh, Are we going stud or ring, though? Stud or ring? Stud. Right. I've wanted it forever. I will oh, stud no, first. Girl. No, listen. I mean, if you I'm, have to have a stud first. 
Like that's what God first because I have a toddler ah. with long hair and he will rub his face on my face and get it caught all up in that ring and rip it the fuck out. Very I good. also have ADHD and I have a weird thing about things on my body. So I have to like get myself used to it. Once he won't snatch it from my face. Yes, definitely ring. 100%. 100%. Anyway, so that's my other sexual orientation. <laughs> um, and that's it. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to plug. I guess we're uh, Nicole and I are both on Legends of Lanamora podcast. Um, yeah. We also do a segment called Dilly and Dally, which is why we will derail everything that Lex is doing. So I don't know why they keep having us on here. <laughs> Honestly, I love, I, I feed on the chaos that we create together. I love it. I love that's it. why Crazy you mischief. are Scarlet Witch. Like, like we, we discussed this earlier. Like it's fair. Okay, so, if we're get, so I'm only Scarlet Witch if we're, talking specifically about we don't have time for this <laughs> um, it's, I'm, but otherwise I'm i've seen your tiktok <laughs> oh yeah i just got i just followed you on tiktok and i was like i need to watch all of these scarlet uh wandavision oh yeah oh, oh my god there's because i'm everyone just as should as you are we don't have time for it we right, have 100%. less than two hours because i was late so okay. jumping in Let's just uh, go ahead and talk about polyamory. I do not want to say define because there isn't necessarily one definition. Um, there are lots of different types of non-monogamy. Um, you have people who do an open relationship. You have people who term themselves as monogamish. You have, huh? I love that one, monogamish. It's very cute. Monogamish. It's just like a cutesy way. It's just, I don't know, to be like, we sleep with other people sometimes. Yeah. Like, no, it's I just know. cute though. Monogamish is really cute. Um, I also say, I also like to say that um, relationships like that or relationships that are open on a case-by-case basis are selectively permeable um, because Ooh. I'm a fucking nerd. Oh. it's very good it's very yeah. good it's very like i'm drunk and I, I only kiss girls in the bar when i'm drunk like it's very like i don't know it's fluid i like it we don't like we don't like when girls do that oh. <laughs> <laughs> just that feels so yeah uh when people are like that um and women do this, some men do this. It's typically seen more in cis women and specifically because society okays the exploration of women more than it uh, okays the exploration of Absolutely. men. Absolutely. Um, but a lot of times you see straight girls getting drunk and making out with girls. Especially uh, if it's on spectacle for the guys that they're with or trying exactly. to get with. It's... Exactly. And that's a problem for a couple of reasons. Um, I will say like, I am, I am 100% pro experimentation, but I'm all about responsible experimentation. And it's more, it's experimentation versus exploitation. I think exactly, exactly that. If you, if you are drunk in a bar and are flirting with a random you know, queer woman and making out with a random queer woman, but you're straight and you don't, she doesn't know that, like, that's not cute. That's not a good moment for anybody. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, there's, there's a lot of different ways to be non-monogamous, but the only way to do it that is okay is doing it ethically. 
Um, and what that means is everyone is aware of what's happening. It, you have terms that the two of you have set and agreed to, and those you can have as many or as few terms as you want. I am not super into a lot of rules um, because for me, I term myself as polyamorous, which for me means I am, I not only do I prefer, but I a lot of the times need multiple partners in order to feel fulfilled. And that's not coming from a sexual place because what I want to impart on everybody is that largely for the non-monogamous community, it is not purely about sex. For so many people, it is about so much more than sex. For me, it's about emotional and social fulfillment. I am somebody who is deeply traumatized and non-neurotypical. So there's a lot of things about me that not any one person could handle. I have a lot of strange triggers. I have a lot of weird brain stuff that happens. And it's just, it's, it's hard for any one person to deal with all of that. And it would be selfish of me to expect any one person to fulfill all of that and be aware of all of that um, because everybody has their own shit. Um, and sometimes people can't, you know, fulfill certain needs for, you know, their own personal reasons. And some people just aren't comfortable with it. And that's perfectly fine. And that's the purpose of polyamory is that, you know, you give me these things that I need and like that partner gives me those things that I need and so on and so forth. Um, so like I term myself as polyamorous. There are people who would term themselves as monogamish. There, I've seen a couple of different people fall into this. There are couples that call themselves monogamish because every now and then they invite somebody else for a threesome. I have seen couples call themselves monogamish because one of them is a sex worker. And so outside of work, they only sleep with their partner, but because they're a sex worker, they do porn or, you know, any other kind of work like that. They have to sleep with other people. It's part of their job. And so that's why they term themselves monogamish. There's open relationships and I won't say all, but in my personal experience, a lot of the people who term themselves as open term themselves as such because they have extracurricular activities with other people, but they are only in a relationship. They are only in a commitment with one person. There are closed triads, which is where there are three people in the relationship and it's only those three people. They do not engage in anything with anyone outside of that triad. There are open triads, which, you know, falls in the same thing as I was describing earlier with an open relationship. The people in that triad are the relationship, but you are able to do extracurriculars with people outside of that triad. And then you have, you know, people who term themselves polyamorous. Um, and a lot of the times you'll have a constellation. Uh, it's called a constellation because not everyone inside of that is necessarily connected to one another, but you are connected through other partners. Um, so like one of, one of my partner, I am 
currently in a constellation, one of my partners has another partner who has a spouse. And so I am connected to those two. They are my metamors because they are the paramours of my partner, but they are not my paramours. So we are a constellation in that all of us are connected, but we aren't all directly connected. I and love also- all of these terms. That's pretty. <laughs> I like constellation. I know. That's I love a that. good one. Yeah, the constellation so is great. You also hear people talk about a hinge. Um, a hinge is where two partners are connected by one other partner. So like this could be a triad situation. This could be a full-on constellation. Um, but basically... You have partner, they are with this person, they are also with this person, but those two aren't together. It's a hinge. Those two don't meet like that. But yeah, um, there's also what people call breakfast table polyamory, which is basically where everybody is friends. Everybody can sit at the breakfast table and have a good time together. Um, So those are just some quick definitions off the top of my head. I am probably the uh, one that is the deepest in polyamory of the three of us. Mm -hmm. Um, We will have another guest on later, Joe, and I will let her tell you about herself when she is able to join us. Um, But um, Emily (laughs) Emily also has some experience with polyamory. So I will let her tell us about that. I have the tea. Yes. (laughs) Give us the goss. So my experience, so when I, uh, I had a very bad heartbreak, very sad. Let's all be sad for like a second. Then I slept with a lot of people. Uh, So what happened was I uh, wanted to experience like, you know, I had only been with one person and I was like, I want to see what's out there. So I did. And uh, what that led me to eventually was uh, someone I worked with was in a polyamorous relationship. And I was like, what what the fuck is that (laughs) tell me more right now say more and uh she was getting married and i was like but you're and so like we i was like we have to go to lunch so like we did and like i was like tell me more and and she basically explained she was like yeah i'm getting married to somebody but like we were polyamorous like we we have we see other people like i have other i have a boyfriend and i have a girlfriend and he has a girlfriend and we all we both like have an, another girlfriend together and i was like what like it was amazing <laughs> i was like this sounds fantastic i was like yes and uh and eventually we started hanging out and we went to go see shows together and then i started seeing her and which was great and then i needed my curtains hung up and i was like okay um no i had gone over to their place and i had met her husband and he was super great we hung out um and then i went home and then the next day i needed help hanging my curtains up and she asked if uh, her and her husband could come over and help me hang my curtains and i was like i was gonna say is that leading to a euphemism because it's gotta be yes. like <laughs> <laughs> and i was like yeah and like we had kind of like we didn't explicitly say it before but like we talked about it she had that's why i went over to meet her husband to see like if we all kind of 
jive together. And that was great. And then I ended up dating both of them for a long time. And it was awesome. It was awesome. It was great. It was awesome. I didn't have to like any of the responsibility, but I was just like, I got to be like part of it. It's like, I was part of the family, but I didn't actually have to like, my name wasn't on the marriage certificate. And that's exactly where (laughs) I wanted to be. (laughs) Wait, now, so I have a question. What was it? And it was, that would be considered an open triad because they were also- No, they, what I would call that is full on polyamorous because they had partners outside of Emily. Gotcha. That was what I was asking. So like, Mm -hmm. but, and were you seeing both of them at the same time or did you see them separately or were you, was it like- I started seeing her first and then she asked if I wanted to meet her husband and I was like, yeah. And then (laughs) I hung out like totally platonic. We hung out, we went to a play, we went to Shakespeare play Uh, and it was good. And I made out with her in the car. It was great. Um, (laughs) And then like he, she, that's when I, I asked like her to come over and she asked if she could bring him. And I was like, okay. But then after that, we, we talked and we were like, they were like, Hey, like, are you cool with it? Like we had like a whole breakdown, like, uh, like a whole breakdown of like, Hey, this is, are you cool with this? Like these, like we're seeing this many other people, like just for STD reasons, they literally, before we like started, it was like a whole, like, Hey, I have a clean, like bill of health, (laughs) Um, which was nice as you should and I was like cool great and then I started we had like a whole breakdown conversation of like how this was gonna go like they are married and I understand they live in a house together and stuff and so like obviously I'm not moving in with them so like how it worked was I dated both of them I would see her sometimes just her because I just felt like I I wanted to let's like I, I wanted a Sarah vibe her name wasn't Sarah. I'm just using Sarah. I wanted a Sarah vibe that night. And then, you know, sometimes I more felt like I, I needed a, a a Ben vibe that night. God, I was it took wondering me a long what time. name you were going for. I was for. like, ooh, men's names. I'm really drawn a blank. Um, <laughs> I felt like I needed a, a Ben vibe that night. And then sometimes, like, they were hanging out together and they'd invite me along. That's usually as, like, for, like, half of our dates were, were, like, they were doing something they knew I would, like, fuck with. They were, like, oh, hell yeah, we got to invite Emily. Like, and then I would go along. Like, it was more, like, we were just really close friend group. It's hard to describe. Like, it was, it was nice. It was, it, it was something I had never experienced before in my, like, limited scope of, like, you know. In your limited groups. romantic history. Yeah. So I, I was like just kind of experiencing this for the first time, but it was nice. It was so nice. I'm still very thankful to them for letting me experience that in such a healthy way. Cause it was nice. Sometimes I'd just go over and we like, we would just snuggle on the couch and like watch movies. <laughs> like it was great. Um, and I, that's probably my healthiest relationship before Nathan. <laughs> yeah 100% they were the sweetest couple um and then I ended up like moving on to other stuff and we honestly it wasn't like a breakup it was just kind of like we slowly stopped hanging out it was more like that kind of thing and it was sad dissolved yeah and it was it was sad it was but it was fine and I saw them at we like uh Lex that's who I saw on the street of Dragon Con we were running on the street of Dragon Con I was dressed as uh Nightwing uh, after dark I had Nightwing after dark you had so (laughs) is that when you skinned your knee like yes (laughs) that's a fun story uh basically what happened like we had spent that day like going around the vendor's hall uh and we found like a corset vendor 
Um, and the vendor assumed that I was her partner. And it was really funny because she kept saying things like to me about like, oh, when you do this and when you lace her in, <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, uh-huh, okay. Like, I was just letting her do it. I was letting her make those assumptions, um, which is like cute or whatever, because I'm very obviously femme. Um, so like, it's like half problematic, half very progressive. Like it's, it's Listen, weird. I have because masculine like, energy. Right, exactly. And she, yeah, like of the two of us, you're definitely the more masked one. <laughs> Maybe she just thought you had bi-wife energy. Can you imagine if Emily and I were in the same room together, the amount of BDE there would be? Like, I can't. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was so funny because uh, she, like, she just like made this assumption that like Emily and I were romantic partners and we allowed it to happen. And you ended up buying like a Harlequin patterned black and blue corset that you wore for your Nightwing After Dark cosplay that I did lace you in. And then you actually did. Yeah, later lace me into. (laughs) (laughs) And then we started, uh, we ordered a pizza and motherfucker kept leaving the hotel and we were chasing a pizza around the hotel and ran. Very drunk. Very so drunk. Just so, just so drunk. You were drunker than I was. I was so, I don't, I, I, we got the pizza, finally got back to the room, I fell asleep. I didn't even eat the pizza. I woke up like two hours later. No, you did. You had, you had like two pieces of the pizza. I remember none of that, but anyway. Because that's why you split your knee open because you like baseball slid into the bathroom and slit your knee open because you needed to, uh, after you had been drinking and eating pizza. But yeah, so like we met them and you like had a cute little exchange with I Sarah. saw it, I was like, I was like, hi Sarah. And I don't and even think like, it was Ben because it was her boyfriend. It wasn't Ben. Yeah, no, no, this was another person. Um, yeah, this is Sam. Yeah, this was like Sam. And I had seen pictures of Sam, but never like met him at all. So I was just like, hey, and like we hugged and I was like, this is my girlfriend. <laughs> like, weird, yeah. oh my God. Like, but it wasn't like bad feelings. I, I was just excited to see her. Like, that's what's cool to me about polyamory is that it, it can come in and out like that in a lot of cases. And there, it's not a lot of hurt feelings. It's it's good feelings. It's a lot of, like I've, I said before, uh, polyamory seems to me, the people who participate in it seems to come from an overabundance of love rather than lacking anything. So like Sarah has just so much love to give, like not just sexually or romantically, but like just love, like friend love. She just loves everybody. And so like seeing her happy makes me happy. And yeah. so I don't know, it's just a very wholesome like community to be a part of. And I, I very much enjoyed my time in that. I don't like, I w- would be fine going back to that. Um, I don't think Nathan is polyamorous, um, but like that I'm okay I, doing both. Like it's not something that I miss, but it was like, I very much enjoyed my time in that, in that city. <laughs> yeah. And the feeling that you're talking about is, uh, it has a name, it's called uh, compersion. Uh, it's when you feel happiness from seeing your partner happy. Uh, yeah. That's that's kind of, that's the goal, right? Is, is to reach that level, is to, you know, because one of the main questions that the first question, well, sometimes the second question, but a lot of times the first question that anybody asks is, oh God, do you not get jealous? And here's the thing. You're not letting me ask those questions because that was going to be one. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Is the first on your list? Uh, Tell me no. No, 
That's not, that wasn't <laughs> the, the first one. I'm, though it was the second. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. I know. Um, so yeah. So the thing about jealousy that we need to realize is that jealousy is a natural emotion, but it's not jealousy isn't usually while it is valid it is not usually correct and that's what that's one thing that we all need to realize across the board is just because our emotions are valid doesn't mean that they're necessarily correct it doesn't necessarily and it certainly does not justify any type of reaction like you 100 the emotions that you feel can be valid but you can absolutely overreact to something or you can absolutely you know have something that isn't proportional to what's happening and what you the way to combat that is honest communication and realizing that usually Jealousy is born out of either actual or perceived lack of something, or it is rooted in some sort of insecurity that you have within yourself. So a lot of the times we feel jealousy when we see our partner interacting with somebody in a way that we perceive them to not interact with us or we see them doing something that we would have loved to be a part of, but we weren't extended the invitation. So a lot of times the jealousy can be cut off at the knees if we just communicate. And it it genuinely comes from that. And so like when those feelings come up, you just have to say, hey, so this thing happened and I'm feeling this way about it. And I really, I need to talk about it with you. And, you know, because your partner isn't, you know, nine times out of 10, they're not going to be a mind reader. Uh, So your partner needs you to communicate those things and they need you to be an advocate for yourself. And like, it doesn't matter how much I know about what you've been through. That doesn't mean I know how you're going to react to anything because everybody, you know, holds their trauma and holds their past experiences differently. We could have had, you know, the same traumatic experience, but we're going to react differently depending on who we are and everything else that we went through. So you have to be your own advocate and that can be hard. I'm not trying to minimize that at all. And I'm not trying to act like that's an easy thing to do, but it is necessary in any relationship, whether or not you're polyamorous, it's necessary in a monogamous relationship. You have to communicate and you have to let your partner know whether or not something's hurting you, because if you don't, it's going to turn into resentment and it's going to cause problems. Point blank, period. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. So the more that you can communicate about what you're feeling and the reasons you're feeling that way, because you might not even understand that. And then letting your partner know that like, this has happened with me and my partner and my partner has told my partner has said, you know, I feel like you're doing this, that or the other thing. And I, or one of my partners, and I've been like, no, nothing that I did or nothing that I said in that situation was influenced or informed by that emotion that you're ascribing to it you're expecting to experience that because of your past relationships and your your, the the abuse that you've suffered in the past and the style in which they did it because there are things there are things about me and the way that i communicate by virtue of my neurodivergence uh in the form of adhd um ptsd all of those things there are ways in which i communicate or 
don't communicate that butt up against active choices that her past abuser engaged in, um, like weaponizing silence and kind of love bombing in that they would start out really heavily talk, giving affection and blah, 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 and then scale it back, scale it back, scale it back until she was like, no, love me, please. And then, okay, pull it forward, but it never gets back to where it was initially. And it's always scaling back. Uh, it's, it's a manipulation tactic to make that person grateful for every scrap of affection you give them. Oh, I've been there. I didn't know there was a name for it, but I've been there. They yeah. know you're capable of more. They've seen it. Right. So what What did they do? How do they get it back? Right. Exactly. And, and and it turns into and it turns into a thing of okay, well, what am I doing wrong? When you're not doing anything wrong, they're they're manipulating you. But like that, that's very hard to see. And yeah, like I don't want to act like polyamory is this perfect practice because it's not and there are people that actively say that they are practicing polyamory when what they're actually doing is just fucking abusing people and trying to create a harem for themselves there are people who know the language they know exactly what words to say and when to say them and they weaponize that i recognize that uh good practitioners of polyamory recognize that and we're aware of that and when we see it happening we try to reach out to the or at least i try to reach out. some people just try to mind their business but for me like i you know not one of those people <laughs> i'm not like i can't be because i wouldn't want someone to sit back and watch it happen to me same but i get same. people get mad at me for it and 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 it's all in how you approached it That's for, fair. for me you know if it's a fucking stranger, I'm not going to be like, you need to leave him. He's doing blah, 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 blah. But even if it's a stranger and it's in a space where like we're sharing that kind of shit, I'm going to be like, no, that's not right. You don't, <laughs> you don't do her like that. Like you don't do him like that. Like you, you call it out without acting like, oh, this happens all the time sort of thing. And if they get mad at me, they get mad at me. I don't have to ever see you again. But at least that person had, at least whoever's going through that had one person step in. And like, that's my personal view on it. Other people have other views on it. And that's completely fine. But for me, I don't feel comfortable just watching somebody go through something like that. Because if they go through something like that in front of people over and over and over again, and nobody says anything, that helps to reinforce that they're in the wrong. That helps to reinforce that this is something that their partner should be doing to them. And if they can point to one, two, three people who called it out, that at least gives them a foothold to be like, wait, maybe maybe something is wrong here. Mm -hmm. No, I absolutely agree with that. It's it's always better to say something like it. When I was, was in the abusive relationship, I like, if someone had said something, I, come on, y'all. Why? <laughs> really? I uh, probably would have got down a lot sooner. So absolutely agree with that. Um, but we have about a little over 15 minutes before Joe joins us. So Lex, I don't know if you want to talk about or answer any of Nicole's questions before Joe gets here. We want to say we can we can totally we can totally address some of them before Joe gets here. I'm also interested in Joe's perspectives on some things. So like mm -hmm. yeah, if there's anything Nicole that you specifically wanted my viewpoint on, you can yeah 100% go ahead shoot. I mean there there are, uh, so Nova had sent me a list of questions that they wrote down. 
Um, a few of them I'm not going to say. Uh, but so, and a couple of them I think would be better to ask with Joe for Joe's perspective since Joe is about to get married, yeah. but is also mm-hmm. polyamorous. Now, so I, I guess questions that I could that you that you could definitely help answer would be like, how do you figure out which type of polyamorous relationship is going to work best for you? Like in the case of me and Nova, for example, like mm-hmm. we're married, like we've yeah. been monogamous to only like to each other uh, for the past six years now. Yeah. So yeah, I how- always. I always recommend if non-monogamy is something you want to try, I always recommend dipping your toe into the monogamish pool and define it how you want. Like that's, you know, you stepping out by yourself, you guys having threesomes together, however you want to put your toe in the non-monogamy pool. I always recommend starting with monogamish because that allows you to pull back a lot quicker and there's a lot less riding on it because you're not opening it to your partner having full-on relationships with other people initially and those people getting hurt because all of a sudden the ripcord is pulled because and i also you know again advocate for open communication not just with your partner but the people that you are engaging with you need to absolutely be upfront and be like hey you know using you guys specifically as an example, you know, my spouse and I have been monogamously together for six plus years. And, you know, we're discovering that maybe we need something else. We aren't currently looking for boyfriends or girlfriends. We are just looking to explore whether or not we can handle having sexual relationships outside of our marriage. Um, and that allows that person to decide whether or not they are okay with that. Uh, it allows that person to say, yeah, no, I'm fine with just hooking up with this person. And you're not running the risk of hurting somebody else. Start there, be honest about what you're feeling as you go through it. And then you can say, okay. And then if you're, you know, if you have a repeat person that, oh, I really enjoy hooking up with this person and I'm starting to like them as a person because you're hanging out outside of extracurricular activities, then you can be like, okay, maybe maybe we can, you know, have boyfriends or girlfriends and it'll be okay. Um, what I don't ever recommend and language that a lot of people get into that can be kind of detrimental is when they start talking about primary partners Um, and it's, it's hard, right? Because like you live with this person, you're married to this person, but if you are having full on relationships with somebody else, it is unfair to say, this is my primary partner and I'm going to protect that relationship over anything else. Because if that's what you're going to do, then you should only be hooking up with other people. You shouldn't be having full blown relationships with other people, in my opinion, because that invalidates so many things. Like it's one thing if that person tries to poke holes and invalidate your other partner if they're trying to cowboy the situation. And that's a term in the polyamorous community for when, you know, there's another partner that enters the relationship with the express goal of stealing you and making you monogamous with them. So that's what cowboying is. Uh, If you're trying to be a cowboy- I wonder why they use that term. 
what did you what do you think cowboys did babe like they went and they took shit that wasn't theirs is that i mean i don't (laughs) i mean not like not not like vaqueros not like the actual you know hispanic origin of it um but yeah like white cowboys weren't good dudes like it's not not like a western movie where like the the yeah so that's why it's called cowboy gotcha so like short of the other person doing that like if they're just trying to vibe with you and have a relationship and have you care about their emotional state it's not fair to them to say no my my this if you're saying no, you are my boyfriend, you are my girlfriend, you are my partner. It's not fair to say, but this partner matters more than you. You know, yeah. if they're just a hookup, then absolutely your spouse or your long-term partner matters more than them because they're just a hookup. And it doesn't even need to be said. Like it would never even come up. So it wouldn't be toxic or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So, okay. So then... I'm trying to rephrase them because the way that Nova has phrased some of these questions is like that. I don't know if I want to say it like that. Um, but so then um, in you, can terms, say it, you can say it how it's written. And if I need clarification, I'll ask for it. In terms of like uh, setting ground rules, like you were talking about earlier, or yeah. like just setting terms and things like that. Um, <laughs> what it, it's like it. So the reason that the jealousy thing was like number two on my on my list of questions is because that's something that I feel um, and that's part of my PTSD brain. Like I have that insecurity um, based on just not receiving love and and stuff, you know, from people that were supposed to love me. And then it's like, uh, in my head, if I, I have like, I have major FOMO. So like, I have a fear of missing out um, on like lots of things. And so like, when I hear that other people are doing things, or like, if someone's getting more attention than me, or whatever, I get jealous. And I get like, it's weird, like I have, but that's part of my, it's not weird. So I want like, okay, so not it's not weird. It's just not the right uh, thing I should be feeling, I guess. I don't want to say, I don't want to say that it's not right, but I will say that it's ill-informed, um, because based on your personal experience and the life that you've lived, those are correct feelings. And that is the track that your brain is supposed to go down. And so a lot of a lot of what it is is reframing. And a lot of what it is is believing in what you have as solid and believing that if you brought a concern to your partner that they would care. And, you know, it's you're not alone in insecurity. Before Nova was able to come out to you like Nova and I had had a couple of discussions about how they were feeling about their gender and how they were feeling about how that would affect your relationship. And I had to remind them that they're married to a bisexual woman. Number one, number two, that, that your attraction to, to Nova isn't about how they physically present your attraction to Nova is about the fact that they love you and that y'all have fun together and that you guys are a good match. And you know, that what you have is built on 
so much more than a physical baseline attraction. What you guys have is built on a friendship and is built on a companionship that is endearing. And I, and it's okay that they felt that way. And it's okay that they had those doubts because of course they had those doubts. Like you signed up to be married to a man and you know, that's changing. And that's, that's a common fear to have. And like, that's a fear that I have sometimes is like, you know, if, if I started to, you know, pursue the body and the presentation that I wanted, how would that affect my partnerships and how would that affect their attraction to me or my attraction to them? If I started hormones, because when you start taking hormones, it, it genuinely changes your attraction pattern. You ask any trans man or trans woman, like there are so many trans men who only experienced attraction to women, but pre-transition. And then once they got on testosterone, they were like, Ooh, wait, Dick might be See, and that's actually what got brought up the other day. And I had like kind of like a an emotional breakdown because my therapist asked me um, a question that I hadn't even asked myself, which was, how do you feel about your partner's transition? Mm-hmm. Because I was specifically focusing on what Nova was going through and what Nova was feeling that I completely forgot to ask myself, like, well, how do I feel? And other than like, am I okay with it? Which of course I'm okay with it. Like there's right. not, that wasn't ever, that was never a doubt. Right. Um, and then I had to think about it and I was like, I guess the thing I, I feel about it the most is fear and it's fear based on Uh, you know, all these things are going to change. And while those changes aren't bad for my partner and I'm, I'm attracted to them regardless of how they change their body, are they going to still be attracted to me? Yeah. And are they going to still want to be with me? Because then even though this isn't my personal journey, this is still my life. Right. Still my part, like they're still my, I'm married to this person and I don't want my life to suddenly completely up get upended, especially when it it is com- it, especially when it's due to factors completely outside. Out of- and that is where my PTSD brain, because of what I've experienced and the reason I have PSD, PTSD, is fear of my life being taken from me or or just of the unknown variables that I can't control. Yeah. And so because I can't control any of this and because I have nothing but questions and zero answers, I I'm starting to feel panicked and fear because I don't know what this is going to mean for my life um, down the line. And it's not, and it's not anything that they can do about it because that's, they also are in a, in a land of all questions and no answers at the moment. So I think that's another reason why the polyamory thing got brought up between the two of us. It's been brought up before, way before the transition talks happened. Right. But right. Um, just talking about it pre-COVID. Yeah, because we are both bisexual or pansexual uh, people, um, we've talked about it earlier in our relationship just because there is a factor that is missing that neither of us can give the other person, which is fine. And we've talked about 
what that could mean and how we would go about it, which is another reason why we wanted to have this discussion. And now with the transition stuff coming up, it brings it up even more because then it's going to be like, I'm still attracted to men. I still want to, you know, experience that. Um, Even though I am also attracted to women and that would be if Nova doesn't decide to make the full transition. um, Pre-K pause. Okay. Um, The term full transition, let's just put the kibosh on. Okay. I didn't know. It's okay. No, it's okay. Um, So when you say something like full transition, that indicates that there is like an end date that indicates that there's one complete way to become yourself and transition like everything else to do with gender and sexuality is extremely personal gotcha some trans some trans women choose trans women or trans men but some like if we're talking specifically about the trans femme experience some trans femmes decide hormones are enough some trans femmes say oh i want you know top surgery but i'm okay with a penis some trans women want you know the whole nine and some people can't do x y or z because of medical concerns and so saying something like oh, are you completely transitioned or did you fully transition? It's problematic because there's no one way to be complete. You are complete. Your transition is full when you have decided it is. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I like that actually. That makes more sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah, for me, like I'm mostly comfortable with my situation below the belt, but there are a lot of things that I would change. Uh, I, I would get rid of all of my hair from here down, except for the hair below the belt. Um, I would, you know, get hips a certain type of way. And, you know, I would go on a low dose hormone to change the way that I gain weight. Because for me, my issue with my body and my weight doesn't come from a fat phobic place it comes from a place of it comes from a place of i gain weight like a like a man biological man yeah Yeah, i gain weight like a cisgendered man i gain it in my stomach i gain it in my chest i gain it you know but i have straight like i gain weight the way that my father does like i look at myself and i look at my father and i'm like i have my father's body and that really bothers me gotcha Um, But I also live in a state where, I mean, and really in any state, but specifically living in the Bible Belt, if I were to uh, pursue medical transition, I would put an even bigger target on my back than already exists. Um, And that's what I, and that's a thing that I think people need to be a lot more cognizant of is like transition isn't always a matter of or pursuing transition isn't always a matter of what we want because if i was able to do what i want i would have pursued it a lot harder a lot faster but it literally endangers my life uh to pursue a medical transition i gotcha 
Yeah. Yeah. We watched, uh, we watched the documentary and looking back, I kind of wish that I had watched it by myself and that Nova didn't watch it because it scared Nova. But um, we watched the documentary disclosure. Yes. On it's Netflix. very good. It's good, but it, I was literally sitting in my chair, fucking bawling my eyes out for most of it because I'm like yeah. sitting here thinking about everything that, these people went through these trans men and women went through that are in the documentary and they're very, you know, public facing people, they're celebrities and they're on television and film. Like that was the whole point is of the documentaries that they're discussing trans, you know, roles in films and all that stuff. But like hearing what they went through and how the seeing these images and these portrayals and things like that made them feel and, and like the violence against them and all this stuff. I just like literally lost my fucking mind. And I was like, this is what my partner's going to have to deal with. Like I, all I want to do is protect them. Yeah. And I don't ever want them to feel like that. And I was like crying because I'm like, Oh my God, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> yeah. 100%. I want them to feel comfortable in their body and I want them to pursue the, the life that they want to live. But at the same time that seeing that and hearing their, those testimonials from those trans people scared the ever living shit out of me because I don't want that for the yeah. person that I love. Yeah. I was I don't want that for anybody. <laughs> like like let's like that and, just makes me so angry. And what I would um I mean it's not necessarily encouragement, but what I would, you know, say and remind you of is that no matter there's always going to be things about our reality that we wish we didn't have to face, our partners didn't have to face, nobody had to face, whether that is not wanting your partner to have to deal with the mental health struggles that they deal with, or it's, you know, not wanting them to have to deal with a shitty, unsupportive family. Like there's always going to be things that are completely outside of our control. The only thing that we can do is make sure that we are a safe space and that we are an advocate for them and that we are a source of support for them. Um, because there's, there's always something that somebody is going to go through that we're like, baby, I wish I could protect you from that. I wish the world wasn't like that. Yeah. And whether it's, whether it's gender things, racial things, mental health things, socioeconomic things, there's always going to be something. Um, that's just, yeah, unfortunately, that's the world we fucking live in. Yeah. I don't mean it. to interrupt this very heavy conversation, no, but Joe is right. ready to join us. All right, yeah, come on in. A little bit. Smiles, kids. <laughs> or on the Hello. internet. Hey, boo. Um, Hello. Joe. Hello. I made it. Hi. Okay. <laughs> Hello, Joe's pr- uh, partner, soon to be spouse. Hi, friend. Hi, friend. The, the one that call- I refer to as person, 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 yes. person. Okay. <laughs> yes, please. Okay, Joe. Yeah, please tell that. Please introduce yourself, and if person, person also wants to weigh in on things, <laughs> absolutely. Both introduce yourself. Tell me how you identify sexually and gender wise, and, and your pronouns. Do this. Yes. Okay. So uh, I am Joe Arianas. Uh, she. And those, um, I literally went blank on the other ones. <laughs> she, her, hers, yeah, that. She and those. No, I get it. 
<laughs> like, honestly, if like you refer to me as they, them, I don't care. Yeah. Um, but anyways, let's see. Uh, so heterosexual polyamorous biromantic yeah. is where I fall into the crazy spectrum of things. And learning that by like the, the romantic scale existed, like, Outside. Oh, that blew, that blew my, my goddamn like, mind too. Oh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> like, yes, we talked about that. Weird. We talked about that last month when 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 we were covering mm-hmm. like sexuality and romanticism. Like they exist separately. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it blew my damn mind too. Yeah. <laughs> uh Galen Lou Allen. Um he him his Yes. I got it right the first time. Um, (laughs) Heterosexual. I don't think there's a word for it, but like appreciate the attractiveness of everyone. Kind of have like a a crush on Tay Diggs because like I mean, why wouldn't you? That man is beautiful. We all saw the Rent movie. Yeah, I don't know if there's a if there's words specifically describing, but like appreciate. Like, damn, you're beautiful. Okay. Also, what I would say to that is it doesn't need a label because that's just you not participating in toxic masculinity. Because yeah. the, the, no, because generally right. the 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 fact is is like everyone is aware of societal standards. Everyone is also aware of what they find aesthetically pleasing. Recognizing that this is an objectively attractive person exists outside of sexual orientation it's just like no that person is pleasing to look at do i want to kiss them or like do anything else no but i like to look at them but <laughs> yeah. i appreciate that they are attractive oh, yeah. 100%. yeah i Absolutely. mean like and and the sooner that more uh cis hetero men figure that out the better we'll yeah. all be for it <laughs> See, I gotta say, yeah. top two people, Tay Diggs and who's the Alcee guy? Joe Man- Mange. Oh, Joe Manganiello. Oh. <laughs> he, he does. Oh he God. does have a big old crush on him. <laughs> okay. So what he I he loves D and D. He's fucking built. He's absolutely hilarious in like yes. every time he does comedy. He's a fantastic actor and he's a good person. Like, yeah. who, how could you not? What I do love and appreciate about this is all of the men he has listed are like brown or brown adjacent. Yes. <laughs> we love that. Um, we love it. We love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we were we were just discussing um, the kind of repercussions of you know when you when you start to. Um, explore non-monogamy and especially you know if you have a partner of trans experience and they you know pursue their transition you know that specifically but what I do want to ask you Joe is like how did you arrive at non-monogamy and what has your experience with that been Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I feel like I should preface everything that's about to come out of my mouth with I was raised in the Catholic church. Mm. I was raised in the Southern Baptist church, mama. Yeah. Mm. So that definitely gave uh, a, an entire context to my early life. Yeah. Which was really odd because I questioned everything and I got in trouble a lot. Um, 
and it I wasn't that old whenever I was like I don't know about this but I think I'll upset mom and dad if I'm eight years old being like I'm not Christian like this doesn't make sense I'm gonna check out other churches and see how I feel about this and my parents being the fucking hippies that they are were like yeah sure go check out other things go read other religious texts we don't care come we ask us questions if it's confusing oh cool. yeah we love a good catholic hippie man <laughs> and, i mean like it wasn't that long that too many years afterwards that they're like yeah so we're exiting the catholic church as well because like the pope at the time or something which they came out about shit's getting wild time out time out time out you are wearing an uncle iroh's Yes. A delectable tea. I, mm, if I didn't already want to marry Joe because they're having a Star Wars Day wedding, that sealed the deal for me. You want to talk about bi romanticism, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> so I am hardcore in love with you. <laughs> oh that's the whole reason we set this up. That's the real reason. Um, <laughs> this is a date for you guys. <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, I didn't know anyway. to seduce someone so easily. <laughs> All you had to no, do was I put mean, on that Uncle Iroh she, shirt and just lean back. Fair, to be fair, she had me at Star Wars Day wedding. Like, also, that was to where be she fair, had me. To be fair, Nicole, I love you. You're easy. <laughs> oh my God. You're not <laughs> That's They're not wrong. 100% no shame. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. I'm a big old whore. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yes. I'm like, I'm like Emily's friend that she mentioned earlier that got her into the polyamorous relationship. I just have a lot of love to give. Yeah, 100%. So, so my friend. Back to, okay, you discovering non-monogamy as an option. Yeah, so, um, and why the religious stuff is important to say is because yeah. that definitely kept it all very sheltered and like, huh, and it's supposed to be like this and like still trying to explore the world and understand things. And no matter what other religious or philosophical texts I, I was coming across, I still had that like caged in perspective to break through from. Yeah. And then uh, when I was in undergrad, there was an individual I had a relationship with for a while, but then like giant asterisks, he was a dick, douchebag, like not a good person at all, but hormones and heart will do whatever the fuck it wants. And so like, it's like, I know I love him, but I cannot be in a relationship and like I had another relationship with this other person I was like and I got really confused about all of this and talking to a dear dear friend of mine here um like left Georgia I was like I have to get the fuck out of here like too much going on and I sat down with her and I was like what does this mean like this doesn't make sense like am I a terrible person like how can like I, I truly be in love with two people at the same time and like there's pros and cons to both of them and like I just don't get it and she's like you're polyamorous and I was like I'm sorry, what was this magical word you just said to me? She's like, polyamorous. And she's like, what she fell? What spell are you talking about? Yeah, and she's like, pulled up her phone. And like, I rem- like, I have this distinct memory of sitting at her little kitchen table in her tiny apartment and we were looking over it on her phone. And she's like, this is what you were describing. This is you. And I was friend. like, what an amazing friend. <laughs> I love it. Oh, okay. All right. I can accept this. This now makes sense. 
Yeah. Huh. And so, but then like, I had very, very long monogamous relationship with one of those individuals. Mm-hmm. I finally was just like- I'm putting I, that, money down on the douchebag. <laughs> it was not the douchebag. Good for you, good for you. We love it, that. It, uh, so that, that gets all, like that's its own weird, like right. blah. So eight and a half years with one of the individuals, I finally, like for completely different reasons, like flipped that table and went, I'm out, I am not your mother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I feel that. I feel that. Mm-hmm. I just like it, like I was stressed out and I will like the other dude was like there in the wings and like I went and not in the wings, like that's the wrong I, way of putting yeah. that. But like it, there was still the friendly wings of your there. life, not your he like romantic relationship. Yeah, right. yeah. Like, he wasn't waiting with bated breast for you. Yeah. To <laughs> no, not at all. Right. <laughs> Never did he ever. Anyways, I was frustrated about a lot of stuff. I was trying to run an art studio. <laughs> I was trying to go to grad school. I had had like a really bad medical scare where I almost died and like all this stuff. And like this partner I'd been with for so long just was not the support that I needed. And I was going nuts and I was not in a good like headspace. Yeah. Went and hung out with other friend. And he looked at me and he was like, are you happy? And I was like, mm. he's like, then why are you not happy? Because whatever it needs to be to make you happy, you need to do exactly that. And I was like, out of all the bullshit I ever went through with that individual, that was the one and only honest thing he ever said to me. Like truly like without any ulterior motives behind it or anything. I was like, yeah, you're right. I should be happy. I am not happy in this relationship. Fuck it. I'm done. Anyways. So once I exited that relationship, I was like, I am polyamorous and this is the first opportunity. Like I'm not in a monogamous relationship. I can feel this out. I can do this thing and I can be open to myself and I can be like, I love you and I love you and I love you and I love all these people in very different ways. And guess what the fuck I ended up doing with that? Dating them all. No, I made a fucking photography master's thesis out of the concept. I... Live. I love that. I am here for it. I support it a thousand percent, and I would like to see it. Yeah, I was going to say, and I got to see. (laughs) Is that the one that Nathan and I went to? Oh hell yeah! I have art from that. Fuck y'all. That's on my wall. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's the one. uh, She's. It's. It's. It's her. Like behind a curtain in France. It's. Oh, that was the guy who I dated in France. Oh. He's the one who technically like pushed the button on that framing. Oh, it's beautiful. It's yeah, the one where I'm like opening up the curtain. Yes. 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 I was in, I was, I fell in love with that print when I, when during, cause I, Nathan and I got to go to that show and got to see all those photos and they were fucking amazing. And I could only afford one picture at the end of it. And I was like, this one, I want this one. I want this one. And I like searched through it. Cause I, was, I had seen it in the beginning and I was like, I hope she has this one for sale. And I found it and I was like, please God. And I found it. And I was so excited. And I did put it in my wallet. I wish it was in the office so I could show you. That <laughs> like, and my cheeks are on fire at the moment. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not that I dated everyone that I was in love with because but the entire cool. point of the thesis is I was discussing uh, the, it was that, <sighs> but, uh, 
date. I distracted you. You didn't necessarily date, but you, you know, explored those feelings through a medium that you felt confident in. Yeah. And the entire point, like I, I combined the idea of the Buddhist eightfold path Mm -hmm. with eight types of love. And through these relationships, it creates who you are. Yeah. And so like, is every relationship that you feel love in a romantic one no is all of those feelings of love healthy no and so like there's paternal and maternal like so it was divided into two categories of family and then lovers mm-hmm. and anyways so it it explored like the different levels of just like maternal paternal sibling like that kind toxic to healthy to like platonic all these different kinds of love that one person can house within themselves to create a complete person yeah Um, and like and that's the thing is like pulling a little bit on one part of my ancestry you know greek has like eight different words for love and each one is right each one is a specific type of love and it's it's beautiful and you know there's a reason that there is language for it because they are you know distinct um and that's another facet of polyamory is you know exploring that and being like is this romantic? And then discovering, no, but I want you in my life forever. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, wanting someone in your life forever doesn't mean they have to be a romantic partner, but being open to that possibility is beautiful. Um, Galen, I want to ask you, are, uh, you, you say person, person, is this just a like best friend? Is this a partner of sorts? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes yes I mean, to all of that as a, as a queer person i 100 percent understand this yeah. um, <laughs> uh, i mean she started using that term for me just naturally yeah. and then i heard it and understood it and went okay and just like that was my little pen name mm-hmm. um i mean our relationship started because i was in a super complicated one uh that I can totally go into if she's yeah, like. Yeah, we, we've got time. If you are comfortable, um, go for it. Like, and that's the thing, so, I've told Joe this, I've told, I've told Nick this, and I've told Em this. Mm-hmm. If there's anything you don't want to talk about, if we touch on anything that you're like, feel free to say flag on the play or <laughs> have, have Joe, message me and we will 100% move on or unpack whatever you want to do. This is all about creating a healthy space in which we can talk about our experience and educate people. And I have lots of questions. (laughs) So, I mean, to start with like the basic bullet point and then go to the epilogue or prologue is I was in a really bad breakup and I just was not in a healthy mental space to date or to romantically see anyone. Yeah. Um, and she start, she essentially came in and moved back from Atlanta to Little Rock to heal and do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And she got a job at my place of biz- uh, my work. And then we met fun little hot for teacher um <laughs> yes that kind of kind of relationship 
Oh, is that and, what you said earlier that they were your sensei at one point? <laughs> yeah. So, so I work as a karate teacher. Go um, on. I've been doing that since I was young. He's, he's been doing, he's been a karate teacher as long as I have been a freelance artist. Right. Oh, and like, I've, I teach kids, I teach adults. And so I've just been doing it forever. And so she came in and worked at, and started working uh, for tuition, basically. Yeah. And I, I mean, I worked there. Um, and so we developed this friendship. Mm-hmm. And so during the friendship developed feelings. Yeah. And so for like my past. Um, <laughs> be more in my frame. past. <laughs> um, so yeah, to, to give context about like where I was coming from. So I was a very romantically immature. I couldn't. <laughs> uh connect romantically i felt uh like i didn't know enough and so i was afraid throughout college one of just sex in general but also that weird catch-22 that men usually have where like you are supposed to be born knowing about sex and so girls don't want to teach and like how am i supposed to figure that out there are also so many levels to that because not only like as a man, are you supposed to be like, as a man, you're supposed to be hypersexual. You're supposed to be this, you're supposed to be that. But as a woman, like you, or even as a femme, because like I've run into this as well, like you can't ever like seek your own pleasure and you can't ever tell a man, this is how I want you to do it because then you're emasculating them, which like the whole <laughs> The whole goal here is supposed to be mutual enjoyment. And the whole like point is that we're having fucking fun. If I'm not having fun, I need to be able to tell you I'm not having fun. And this is how you, this is how you allow me to have fun. I could, I could do a whole dissertation on this. (laughs) And you will someday. (laughs) Oh, that's going to be my, that's going to be my thesis when I get my doctoral degree in sex therapy. Like, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, then so you guys ended up in a uh, like yeah, there's my path is I, when I say complicated it's capital C complicated <laughs> so yeah my background is I I like self-prescribed myself with the title sexually immature I was below the line of where a 22 23 24 year old in theory should be post-college good um and so i ended up started developing feelings with uh someone i was working with at the karate school uh the problem is let's let's put an asterisk there he 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 dated two two secretaries for the dojo (laughs) all right pin in the company inc I was like, someone called um, that a problem. He, well, it, kinda, it was like a, G, a Jim and Pam going for secretaries kind of thing. <laughs> Goodbye. Jim? Okay. The worst. No one wants to be Jim. Side note, Jim is a bare minimum bitch, and I'm tired of people looking for their Jim. <laughs> That's it. right. We want a Dwight or nothing. Dwight. <laughs> a Dwight, um, a Michael even? Because Michael is so... And that's the Michael. thing, like, 
Yeah. Oh my God, this Him is not Holly, what this discussion is about. It's not, yeah. but like going back to the whole like emasculating a man thing, like that, I do not like The Office. Parks and Rec <laughs> is far superior because those characters actually grow and turn into other people by the end of the show. But yeah, I think point. Michael is willing to learn like his whole relationship with homegirl he's like just tell me what you want just tell me how to please you and like that's the thing is like you need to come with that energy because everybody is unique everybody wants different things out of their sexual and romantic encounters and if you aren't able to hear them out and say please tell me how best to please you and i will tell you how best to please me you're not gonna have a good time <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So my the person I fell for was 17 and I at the time was 24. Ooh. Yeah. Oh babe. Uh so one of my friends noticed, well actually not one. My boss noticed. Yeah. And no, not one. We all told you. <laughs> um and, and, and so the, the, the kind of, the way that that timeline went was I was like, I don't know what to do and just how to deal with this because I am not afraid when I talk with her. Essentially, I fell in love with the best friend mm -hmm. and she was a little bit more mature for her age, whereas I was less. And so it kind of balanced this out. Essentially, we were both learning at the same time. And so my friends came at it from like so many different points of view where they legally found out like, okay, as long as her parents know, oh you God. are fine. As long, like by the law and by everything, like just boom. Yeah. And so after telling her parents and, and essentially that went well, um, because I think her parents basically were like, well, she can't do any fucking worse. <laughs> uh, ringing endorsement. <laughs> right. I, I mean, that's how it came out. Because I was like, yeah, I got a girlfriend. <laughs> um, I mean, we had a wonderful, growing relationship for two years. Yeah. Um, where she basically, at the tail end of her junior year of high school, uh, going into her senior year, like, we both grew with each other. Yeah. And she grew i grew um but then the biggest choice of her life at the moment happened where she's going to choose what she's going to do next and for me i got caught up in the first love uh, dilemma of like boom no like You're i'm already starting to make plans and things and so i had to experience that first love first love post breakup disaster um, where she went off to college and was like, I'm going to experience new things. I'm changing. But then at the same time, I like, I became, I essentially caught up to the 21 uh, or 24 year old that I was yeah. like, you, you made I'm sexually viable and this is what I want. Yeah. Uh, and so for me, my life crashed hard. And so after losing first love, like, I was not in a place to do anything and she was recovering from her own things. And so both of, of our mutual friends from the karate school basically went, 
you should go ask her out. She's an artist. She's into karate. She's, she's hot. Weird. Like she's, she's hot. Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> like, go, dude, go. Like you just went, you know, we're after one person, go after another. And I was like, I'm not ready. And she definitely was in the same boat um, of like, nope, I'm not ready. I'm not doing anything. And so our friendship developed throughout until we accidentally started dating. Basically, we accidentally I've been started there. Oh my God. And every one oh my of my friends, and this is one cute story we do have, is that one of all of my friends kept coming to me because they know I'm I need blunt and I don't <laughs> I don't do subtle. They're like, dude, are you dating? Oh. I'm like, no, I'm, we're just okay. really good friends. And they're like, blunt went somewhere else in my head. I know me too. And then I was like, oh wait. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. No, I am so you need you you need straightforward representation. Yeah, I need direct. And so they were just like, dude, you know you act like you've been dating for five years now. Like that's the yeah. kind of aura you deliver that you bicker, you literally cut up meat and like put it on her plate. <laughs> and no, you don't. Okay, but that that was a very specific situation. No, it's fun. Like, I'm not mad about it. I think it's, it's cute. fucking cute, but it's also fucking hilarious. Yeah, they 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 were they were so <laughs> confused because they're like, you act like with this person naturally, as if you know each other and have been dating in a mature way. So why aren't you? <laughs> um, and that led to the like just fuck it moment of like me asking all of my female friends like give me advice how do how should i come at this and like i asked like mature female friends to like uh one of my friends to idiots to um well uh uh, jokers jokers to like joe has feelings about some of the people (laughs) i i asked one of my friends who i knew was around her age yeah okay and was like how would you and scott you know wanted to I, I, and she was like, dude, just ask. Just say like, hey, do you want to go on a real date? And if the answer is no, like, cool, let's keep doing what we're doing. And yeah. That's basically what happened. Yeah. yeah. Is asked her out officially. And then that was the other really neat moment was Pick asked her seat. out and Pick she seat. said no. Hey, Emily's got that same story. <laughs> same. So it, but the complicated thing is, I had already gotten my job in Japan. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so you were like leaving. Oh, so you were like, and, yes. and and at the dojo, there is a rule. Oh, yeah. There's we call it the brown belt rule that if you are a brown belt and higher in rank, you cannot date you can, below no. that. Yeah. You don't go below and, that, but you only have one pass. And, and we actually, that has an interesting story that still fits with this. Um, we only have this rule about older students can't date, as uh, teachers especially, cannot date younger students because of our sister school in Atlanta. They had a big ass problem. Atlanta. In Atlanta. Girl, stop. I live here. I know. No shit. Um, <laughs> the, the male teachers would just jump on the new starting female students and drive their asses away and it wasn't until my boss went to all the high teachers and was like do you realize after the unfortunate passing of like my teacher who was the 
badass, like, and I say this in quotes because she has the title. Yeah. Badass woman of the yeah. entire karate style. Yeah. After yeah. his teacher, Mary, passed away, like, all the girls disappeared. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah, like, we're, we're fucking up. Like, you all are fucking up. And I mean, Tanner was married, and so he wasn't participating in that, but he definitely, as an older generation male, was like, you guys are dipping your sticks in the wrong place, and you're yeah. fucking up our entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so don't. So, yeah, so don't. <laughs> I, am, I am making this rule, and if anyone wants to argue, come see me, and I will defend it. So we carried that on to his place of business now mm-hmm. in Little Rock. And I had already counted my dating my previous ex as that rule, just as my own little like. Yeah, you made that, my you one. Made that call for yourself, which I applaud. And and so, yeah, she was a little afraid of the like, well, the rule and also the going away. And so it, and the, uh, and the, and the uh, <laughs> like, I, even though he like, he, okay. So we, we went and saw Captain Marvel. Yeah. And you know how long that movie is. Mm-hmm. We proceeded to talk in the parking lot for five hours afterwards. Which we have already done. Numerous times. Four times or five times before. Yeah. yeah. Like every time we went and saw a movie together, we would just stay in the parking lot and just keep talking. Yeah. For hours. So anyways, oh, that man, happened again. Like shit. the sun has set. It is nighttime now and he needs to go home because like he has something he has to do tomorrow. And yeah. But either up- of you wants to leave. Yeah. yeah no, right. it's, it's tough. And like he pops open the door and it's like, do you actually want to like go like do this for real? Like actually have a real date? And I was like, I just start crying. I'm like, <laughs> I have to say no. You don't I don't want to say no, but I have to say no. And it's just, uh, and yeah, so that's. And so the conversation then turned to, like, from my perspective, was like, I'm going to take the advice that I got, which was like, cool. No, you want to, like, we can keep doing the thing. If you change your mind, you know what my answer is. Yeah. If you want to do, like, like whatever. And then, and then basically from there, it turned into real dating. Well, I mean, it, ish, there was a week gap. There was a week I, gap. I went All back right, girl, a week is insignificant based well, on how long we were together. Yeah, but then like in that week gap, I went to the same friend that was like, you're polyamorous. And I was like, girl, what am I supposed to do about this? And she's like, honey, I Maybe. haven't seen you this happy ever with any of your partners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you seem to have a thing for martial artists. Like, that's your type. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. But if you don't have a thing for martial artists, you're wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, just, she was Wait. the one that, she had to point it out. She was like, you dated this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. And like, and there was this other one. And mm-hmm. what's the one thing in common? I was like, it sure That's like me like- with dudes in bands. That's my thing. Dude, yeah. musicians. Again. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a thing for musicians. That's like it's. I don't. I. I don't know. Like almost every guy I've dated, minus one, has been a musician. And that one relationship that wasn't a musician was my worst relationship by far. The most oh toxic. The har- oh. most horrible. Which is weird because musicians are notorious assholes. But. Uh- um, Nicole, if there's anything you want to ask yeah. Joe specifically, because she is entering into a marriage as a polyamorous person, you're somebody who is married, as, and my, if my perspective won't matter, go ahead and ask that now. So 
I know. So from what you were saying earlier, like you like polyamory to you isn't is just like relationships aren't defined as like, you know, they don't have to just be sexual or romantic or like whatever, like you're polyamorous in term, like mm-hmm. just, you know, in the broadest of spectrums. Mm-hmm. But like so as someone that's getting married now, does that then mean that you will no longer are you going to then be monogamous? I mean, I already have been. Yeah. I have been in a committed monogamous relationship with him. And that's how our dynamic has always been. Um, in the period that we were accidentally dating, I think <laughs> I went on like other, like two, maybe two other dates that were terrible. And, and I think that's why for the longest time, I did not register that he and I were dating as well, because they were always so easy and natural. And that just like, other dates were such a struggle and a slog and it was just like I need to go home and take a shower and like (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. um so and the other part is is like one of the tenants in multiple romantic polyamorous relationships is that you should not rely on one person to fulfill all the things that you need in your life I was talking about that earlier um like like from the lens of like myself is that like not only is it unwise to expect one person to fulfill everything i need it's selfish mm-hmm. it it would be selfish of me to say if you don't provide me everything i need you're not a good partner yeah and like for for people who are monogamous Basically what that means it like, because their partner is not going to fulfill everything they need either. But if you are monogamous, if you are, if you're incapable of doing romantic or sexual things outside of one person, then what you need to be aware of is that some of the things that you need, you're going to have to get from your friendships and from your familial relationships, mm-hmm. because one person is not a catch all support system. That's why it's called a system. Because you have multiple parts. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so for me, uh, whenever I went back in Atlanta and I was living my full raging polyamorous life and I had multiple partners and it was dating multiple people and all of that, I had like the one main relationship and another secondary and then like tertiary stuff. Like, yeah. Oh, it was a lot of energy. Um, but you know, it took that many people in one place to like keep me satiated in the various ways that I needed. Yeah. I don't have that same bursting at the seams with him, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. And it's also like uh he knows and he understands I have really intense bonds and friendships with other people. And like the majority of them are actually in my bridal party. <laughs> I love that. Cause like the one woman in my life that I'm like, no, I've been in love with her for ages. She's my freaking maid of honor. And he knows yeah. that. And like, I was honest with him about that. Like, I don't even know where that conversation happened in our relationship, but I was like, no, there's this chick in Virginia, like I love her. And like, I'm her, like the, the guide, guide parent instead of godparent. I'm the guide parent for Brooke and like that's just like- I love that, guide yeah. parent. I know, no, I've never heard that before, but that's amazing. When so, when, um, when she asked me I, that, I was just like, yes, I will be a guide parent. I hate kids, <laughs> but I love her. 
Emily, you're not asking me in this moment, but I am formally submitting my application. Uh, same. My title for Evan. Understood. Understood. Same. Oh my God. I love guide parent. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. That also makes it seem like there could be more than like the two that are supposed to be set for, mm -hmm. for like the whole godparent thing. There's supposed to be a male and a female. Like that, that's and that multiple me, guides. To me, yeah. yeah. And I think because you need multiple guides for multiple different parts exactly that's what I was about to say. Like for me, the the feeling that guide parent evokes is that like we need you to impart this particular type of wisdom to our child that only you can. Yeah, and mm -hmm. then other people in their lives, their other guide parents are going to impart these other separate right. wisdom. I love that. that. I fucking love that. I want to be oh, like, to yeah. there. But back on topic. Back yeah, sorry. Me, coincidentally, <laughs> on, that, on that topic is like my childhood best friend asked me to be the godparent of his daughter because I'm 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 Uncle Galen. Like that's yeah. just what I am. But mm -hmm. he came at it from that way without calling it godparent. Yeah, he was mm -hmm. like legally, I'm not asking you to do that, but I do want you to guide her and do stuff, uh, you mm -hmm. know, and throughout life. Yeah. Just don't show her the things that got us in trouble in high school. <laughs> I was like, right on. And, I love that. And, uh, got like, it. I have, I have a lot of feelings about children and parenthood, and I don't ever want to have biological children. Um, there's a lot of generational trauma that I'm not trying to pass on. I have so many different, yeah, hello, natives, natives. We have, we're children of genocide. Like there's just things that I don't want to impart. And, and then just my like neurological disorders, there's so, and like just my own personal neuroses, there's so many things that I don't want to pass on. And I definitely don't ever really want a baby, but I am very, passionate about protecting children and children being heard and children feeling like they're people <laughs> joe is freaking so out for me that's joe literally I, how i got the job i have now is saying all of that to a woman who is obsessed with babies right and so for me like my thing is i would 100 percent adopt or foster and i would always do older children i would that's always what do justin and i decided or sorry nova and i decided to do yeah, uh, we'd always do seven, 10, 13, 14. Like, I would always, like, kids, seven and Because up. people all That's want babies, point. and, you know, they there are kids that get left behind, you know. Wow. So many sucks. kids fall through the cracks, but. Yeah, anyway. We're here to talk about children. We'll do that um, in a That's so a good episode. I guess, so just to give you a little bit of context, Joe. So uh, Nova and I have been married for uh, going on five years. And uh, we've been in a relationship for six years, a little over six years, but like it was very capital C complicated. Um, <laughs> so I well, pre a friend <laughs> <laughs> pre transition talks from Nova. Yeah. Um, we've had this conversation about potentially opening our relationship don't know what that means because we never got further into the conversation, but just tiptoed around that conversation. Mm -hmm. And uh, now more so than ever, because of the trans things that are coming up, we're talking about um, what can we do in our relationship to maintain what we have, but also be fulfilled in the areas that neither of us are capable of filling for that person. Mm -hmm. 
Um, oh, yeah, and no, so, now I get it, yes. So now as, as, a, as an actual married couple that's been nothing but monogamous for six plus years, mm-hmm. um, it's like how, we're trying to figure out how to navigate the world of polyamory and like what works for us and what trying to get advice from people that have experienced it, have knowledge about it and are li- and or are li- currently living it. Gotcha. Um, I think the question I asked before you joined that we never, we got off track cause that's what we do. Uh, <laughs> hello, Dilly and Dally. Uh, we was like, what, what are some, I know that the ground rules and the ground rules and the terms of that you set for yourself in that really in your relationship are personal, but are there ones that are like transcendent that are like overarching or like you would advise to have in there? And what I, what I said before you were able to join and you like, you were doing other things. So I'm sure you didn't see what I said uh, was that I always encourage people who want to explore the possibility of non-monogamy is to first start with being monogamish which you know i kind of you're right right like right and i defined it and i was like but and the reason that i suggest that is because it lets you know where you are with physical intimacy um with other people outside of your relationship before emotional things ever get brought into it um and you know then if you decide okay we can deal with the physical stuff then you start to introduce the emotional stuff because nine times out of ten the emotional stuff is so much heavier than the physical stuff um and so like i i always suggest start out being monogamish and be completely honest not only with your partner but with the people that you're inviting in that way you're not victimizing anybody in the in the process um I feel like that for some people that you will come across within the poly community, that particular order of operations might become very difficult mm-hmm. because of uh, 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 demisexuals. Asexuals. That's me. <laughs> okay. And then people who need, they have to have the friendship first before a sexual attraction ever arises like that. For, for me, I feel like that limits possibilities in certain situations. Oh. And for me, the biggest thing is there always had to be 100% clear communication with everyone involved. Yes. As soon as there's a breakdown in communication, as soon as there's lying or manipulation, that's when it just goes to shit. Yeah. Um, So now... And that's what I was very clear on is that everything has to be very clearly communicated, not just what is happening, but how you are feeling about okay. what is happening. Now, so that's where uh, one of uh, Nova's questions that they wrote down was- Yes, I um, saw it. it says one person looking for more emotional connection, the other looking for more intimate connection. No, 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 not that. I meant like the actual questions that oh. they sent me to ask you guys. Um, and- and- Nova, by intimate connection, do you mean physically intimate connection? Because emotions are intimate. Yeah. So one of the questions that they had written down for me to ask you guys was when and how often is open communication preferable 
Like, is this like every day Bullets. you're talking about this? Like, is this like you check in with each other weekly? Like, is it like a anything that anything? It's 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 not a it's it is not a we set up checkpoints. It is okay. Something arises within me. We're talking about it. It okay. is. It is not, oh, I'm going to check in with you every second Friday of the month. Every- <laughs> we'll sync our calendars. No. Oh my God, I would lose my mind. But <laughs> literally it is. Keep all your emotions right here till Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it's literally, I have this feeling, I have this thought, communicate it. That is that is what open and honest communication is. It's not, oh, when it's convenient for you, I'm going to, sh-. and like to a certain degree, right? Because like as, as somebody myself, like I am very traumatized. I have my own mental illnesses and spoons level things. So what it turns into is when I have a feeling or my partner has a feeling, it is, hey, I am feeling this. When you have the spoons, we need to have a conversation about it. And you need to, if you don't have the spoons, like that's okay, but you need to actively be looking for a time where you have the spoons and set aside spoons to have that conversation. Okay. So then, uh, so what Nova had said in the chat was uh, the the, re- the thing that they're talking about is uh, in our relationship specifically, yeah. um, Nova is a more physical being than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of sex and yeah. because and that's where the demisexual part of me comes in and I didn't even know there was a word for that so I had the same kind of feeling like Joe had when she heard polyamory when I heard demisexual I like lost my damn mind like that's me oh, yeah. um oh there's a word for that I love it um so like I I need strong emotional connection in order to be physically intimate with someone yeah. and I didn't know that that was a thing and, and so but sorry no, 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 I was just going to point out, like, I was just going to asterisk to demisexual and strong emotional connection. There isn't a set time frame on strong. Yeah, no, it could be that night. Right, like. 100%. And I know <laughs> you know that. I am just, like, yeah, making it clear for people who are in the chat that don't know. Yeah. Like, there are demisexual, like demisexuality and developing deep emotional connection doesn't mean I have to know you for a year. Doesn't mean I have to know you for six months. You develop like your emotional, like you, people know this intrinsically, but they don't think about it. You develop emotional connections, however quickly you develop them. Sometimes you click with a person like that with me and Emily, like she and I connected very quickly and like given like we went through a trauma together with my ex, but like, yes, like I got, know. I got Lex in the divorce. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> oh, wait, you told me about this. Holy yep. shit. Yes. But I didn't, I didn't, that's me. Oh. That's me. That's oh. me. Oh. <laughs> Hi. Okay. Wow. All right. And yes. Even, that was the dragon con experience. And, that, <laughs> and it was crazy because so I go into that experience with my ex, um, apparently was my ex at the time, was news to me, because he had made it clear to everyone that we were there with that we were not together and he got to do whatever he wanted with whomever he wanted. He did not make this clear to me, but then <laughs> we were at 
number one, I was doing a cosplay that had nothing to do with him. I was enjoying my Dragon Con without him because he was making a point to be without me. He like said something to Emily about like not wanting to be with me and like, could she distract me? And she was like, I mean, I guess. And then she ended up loving me. Um, <laughs> but like, so Put like- them for myself. <laughs> I was but, like, this like, one's mine, thanks. We spent like the whole fucking day together. We went to tea together. Like the only time we separated was when she was going to a Top Gear panel. And I'm like, I'm not mask enough for that shit. <laughs> I was just by enough for Emily, it. Emily, I would have been right there yeah. with you. No, and it was I'm dope. 100% this is a joke. Not to say you have to be masked to be into cars. You can have a full set of acrylics and change a fucking carburetor. 100%. I don't care. I'm the one like, who fixes the cars in our relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I never, Nathan's I never, never allowed. Yeah. I, but like, see, same, because Nova, Nova doesn't know how to change a tire. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, no, yeah. literally, can we talk about the fact that somebody's tire went like out in front of my house? There was a cis het man. No, you didn't. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> there was a cis het man and two, and two like, non-femme women i was the only one that knew how to change a tire oh in God. the whole group i uh, want to circle i want to circle us back to we're gonna uh, circle back yeah back yeah. to polyamory um so the thing the reason that we uh nova Ooh. and i are are before, in <laughs> before we nova and i are in that what before we go back to that i just wanted to finish uh because like was my, ooh, I probably shouldn't have said his name. We're gonna what? bleep that out for the YouTube. <laughs> Jason. Nova, note, bleep out the name that I just said. Uh, but, um, so that was my last monogamous relationship. <laughs> um, and at the time we were at Dragon Con, he like didn't wanna spend time with me. And I, like, I didn't realize he actively didn't. I just thought our schedules were opposed. But the fact that I wasn't, like, seeking him out and being like, please do this with me, please do that with me, like, kind of drove him crazy. And He was upset, like, legitimately upset that Lex was not reaching out and wanting to be around him and annoying him as much as he assumed he, like, assumed they would. Right, like it was he, like clearly annoying him. It was weird. He expected me to be clamoring for his attention, and I am one of those people that is just like, we'll we'll do what we do, and if you want to be a part of it, absolutely, I would love to have you. But like, if you don't care, okay. Because the thing is, is like I was in communication with him about what I was doing, and he never indicated to me, oh, I want to do that with you. Oh, like okay, whatever. You um, yeah, he wanted and, you to be desperate. Exactly. Um, because he hate that. Yeah. And then this is where it brings the polyamory back into it. Right. Because um, not only did he force me to run out and like buy things so that he could be included in a cosplay that I was doing, he then we were at the Yule Ball. Um, and if you've been to Dragon Con, you know what the Yule Ball is. If you don't, it's just a big fucking party. And oh, I was fucking parties. I was dancing with a dude who had just like happened to become part of our group for whatever reason. And he yeah. ended up like kissing me and like we were doing a thing and it, it made, I, 
It made him another bleep right there. It made him (laughs) irate. He lost his fucking mind. And just heads up, he was dressed as young Hulk or or what is it? Hulkling as a character named Hulkling, who was the boyfriend of the character. And he was very angry and yelling, and it was like really hard not to. It would have been hilarious. It it would have been hilarious if it was not so fucking abusive. Yes. And like it was like really he was going off and he was like so fucking mad and then everybody else that was with us Emily Aaron Jack uh everyone was just like you can't do this and he was threatening to like hold my shit hostage and Aaron was trying to tell him my mother is a cop and I know that you cannot do that it is illegal and <laughs> oh, you're gonna call the cops on me none of y'all get to stay in the room tonight blah 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 and his best friend was also in that room and she wasn't comfortable staying in the room like he convinced her to stay in that room that night he was so was like aggressive so it scared it sent Aaron and I into a complete like PTSD breakdown like yeah. I, I went to go see Nathan. Like I got dropped off at, at Nathan's. We drove you there. My dad came to pick me up. Lex's dad dropped me off. I felt like a child, and I got I got yelled at in the city. And I felt my like so my friend's dad dropped me off at my boyfriend's house, and I was like, this is the worst. This is the worst. And I went to Nathan. I just cried. Yeah. <laughs> and so like that was my last monogamous relationship because like I realized because. Again, I grew up Southern Baptist and I recognized that I was queer at a very early age and that fucked me up um, because, you know, I've been told my whole, I was told my whole life growing up, like, gay is wrong, you're going to hell, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and so, like, I, like, it took me a long time to come to terms with that. And then a big part of, you know, my early queer experience was trying to, you know, when it wasn't done in secret and dangerous, was trying to emulate what heterosexuality is supposed to be. So like, I was trying to have like one partner and be okay and that be what it's supposed to be. And like, that is 100%, not only heteronormativity, but toxic monogamy because you know, good monogamy and like correct monogamy is recognizing, no, like this is what's right for us and we love each other and we are complete people without one another. And like, this was, this was one of the things that I said in the, in the, like, cause I officiated Emily and Nate's wedding. One of the things that I said in it was like, that you complement one another. You are like, you're complete people without one another. And like, that's one of the things that like, I'm paraphrasing, but like, yeah. that's one of the things that, <laughs> it was that's things that's very beautiful about your partnership is that you, you are two complete individuals who complement each other beautifully. Um, and, and that's what, like, if you're going to be monogamous, that's the goal. And that's the goal for polyamory too. Like you want your partners to compliment who you are and to help you learn other ways to experience life. And whether or not you choose to explore those avenues is completely up to you, but it is always beautiful to have people to open you up to other experiences of life. Yeah. Um, You can have more than one complimentary color. Exactly. Hello. I have an outfit sometimes, babe. <laughs> I think where it gets um, like uh, where the questions come from with me and Nova's yeah. relationship is 
I need what I need as a person uh, due to my own things is I need uh, affection. And, 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 and that can mean a bunch of different things. It could mean, you know, cuddling, or it could mean telling me, you know, like with words, it could, whatever. And Nova is not a person that's like that, is not an overly affectionate person. Sorry, what? You know what your love language is? What does that mean? Oh my God. Okay, well, that will solve a lot of your problems. (laughs) First things first. The creator of life languages we found out is very homophobic. Yeah. But okay. what oh, he originally yeah. had to say still makes sense and we can still talk about it, but I did want to address the fact that he's okay. very homophobic. So you don't have to support Shit. the products, but yeah. Yeah. the information is really yeah. good. So I got told, I got told about it. Uh, the basic idea is this person created that there are these five different ways that you accept and enjoy it in your own self in a relationship uh Mm. touching like physical contact um services and like chores being done yeah let's Um, let's, uh, and so there's there's these five words of affirmation words of affirmation physical touch quality time um gifts uh and acts of service yes and so the idea is i mean sucks that can't use the products because like we have we mm-hmm. have had the phone apps where we each linked up and we could every day every week whatever time frame you wanted put in your like your tank how much love do i have in my tank today right now, right now this time frame and you could check in on each other and if it was services you could actually create a list like i need this stuff to get done and like you could check it off yeah if it was reminders for like mm-hmm. Tell them that you that you're proud of them or whatever. Tell them to touch like the app and the the original thing that I found was a book. Yeah. Um, yes. Where the book, the mm-hmm. idea of the book was that you were supposed to buy this book. It has a little quiz. Actually, I'm sorry. Buy two books. Yeah. Your and you both own. read it at the same time. Yeah. And then at the end, you took the quiz and you came back to each other and you said, "Hey, this is hey. what I have." Yeah. And it worked because when I, mean, I have like a disease, <laughs> we, we used so that think- app while I was in Japan. Oh yeah. So, uh, so like, like jumping back in the story a little bit, we were supposed to break up when I went oh, to yeah. Japan. <laughs> yes, How'd that work out? Didn't happen. Went <laughs> 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 there, and I was like, I think we can try this. I Good. and and honestly, uh, yeah, no, no, and I don't know if you know this, uh. But like from my end, I love that. I love my boss with that. My boss and who is basically my oh yeah, you know we did talk about this. Yeah. Um, my boss and like essentially my second father, which is a whole other night of discussion. Oh, honey. Um. Okay. And like one of my good best friends. What it's about, and we can decide if you want to be on the podcast version of. (laughs) Um. One of my other best friends who's in my groomsman party, she is like my person I go to to like vent Hold about on. life. I'm going to have to pause you right there. Because are you the person that Joe is marrying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he is. Oh, I would, because you've been calling him your person person. I didn't assume that this was your fiance person. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah this, is, this is the individual I'm marrying on May 4th. Yes. Um, <laughs> 
That is on me. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all been yeah, here so an hour. She has. I was going to say, wait, you. how did you not catch that? But I anyway. was thinking. So here's the thing. I was like. Oh, my God. We don't have time. I, I was sitting here like this. I was literally questioning myself, but never saying the thing. Because like, I was like, I don't want to be embarrassed. But like, here it is now. But I was just yeah. like. They've been together for a while for this to not be the person she's marrying. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was like, so I have... who is she marrying if this is the person she was with before she went to Japan? So I have now, so now um, I think we never had names for it, but I think we do know mm-hmm. like in our own relationship, what our love language is and like how right. we, what we That's need cool. and how we express it to each other. I think the thing is, is that uh, due to our own personalities and due to it, that there are things that the other is incapable of doing or being. And yeah. that's where we want to, oh, and that's fine. And that's fair, but that doesn't mean we love each other any less. Mm-hmm. And we want to be with you at, like, don't want to be with each other because huh. that's where it gets. And that's where the polyamory started coming up was because I am not an overly sexual being, whereas Nova is. Yeah. And Nova is not an overly emotional being, whereas I am. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to find a way to introduce those aspects that we were missing. Miss, I hate that word missing, but like that those aspects that we needed that the other couldn't get, like this relationship couldn't give this unit. We wanted to introduce it in other ways, but do it in a way that we were both okay with. And I do want to tell you, you don't have to hate the word missing. Okay. (laughs) There is nothing intrinsic, like there's, there, it's not a failure for somebody to not be able to meet some specific need that you have. That's not a failure on that person's part. That's not a failure on your part. And that's not a failure of your relationship. That is just one way in which you're not that compatible. Nobody is going to be hyper compatible in every fucking facet of who you are. (laughs) And if you are, that's how snapped happens. Too close, (laughs) too similar. Because, and and, and Nova, you know, said um, a little bit back in the chat that they are hypersexual thanks to trauma. And, Whereas I'm hyper emotional thanks to trauma, and and I do I, I want to point out a couple of things. Number one, because we were talking about love languages, love languages are one hundred percent informed by like trauma, your childhood, like everything that you were raised with. If you didn't get a whole lot of time with your parents, if you didn't get a whole lot of quality time with your parents or a whole lot of touch with your parents, but you got a lot of gifts and you got a lot of like words of affirmation, the words of affirmation and the gifts aren't going to mean as much to you as quality time and physical touch are going to mean to you because that is something you were lacking in your childhood. And that is something you were lacking in other relationships. so like it's it's very much just about like making up for deficits. So like for me, like my parents told me all the time that oh I love you, oh blah 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 this, blah 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 that. But their actions and sometimes their words told me other things. Like I have a vivid memory of me like wreck because I I had to come out to my parents four separate times. Um 
Yeah. Okay. So let me go into that because those, those faces. I was like, I didn't get it the first time. Well, I know Emily has heard this, but has probably forgotten it because she's had a whole ass kid since. Uh, but My brain is Swiss cheese. <laughs> I still live for the fact I, the day that you came, the, the day that you came into the chat and you were like, so I have ADHD. And I was like, yeah, you didn't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? All my uh, friends were like, duh. I was like, y'all. But, um, <laughs> But, and 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 it was never from a malicious part on on my. No, I know they were all like, no, really, I thought you knew. I thought you fucking knew. Um, but yeah, so like, I have a vivid memory of like, at one point when I was like reckoning with shit, like asking my dad if I married a man, would you be there? And he was like, probably not, especially if you got married in the church. Um, and I had to come yeah. out to my parents four separate times. Um, the first time I came out to them, I was, okay, let's run back a little bit. When I was seven years old, I had a dream about a school dance where I was dancing with a boy and he kissed me very softly. It was very chaste and sweet. And I woke up. And I just made the same face. Like, and I woke up and I was happy for about five seconds. And then I started crying because I was so hyper aware because I was raised in the church. I was raised in the South. Like I was hyper aware of the fact that that wasn't okay. And I just realized a couple of days ago that like the reason I had that dream was because of the Casper movie with Christina Ritchie. Shut up. (laughs) It was a full, can I keep you moment? Uh... (laughs) It's a good pull. I feel like that was a lot of people sexually sexual awakening for um, that was not my other other women or ghosts. That was not my sexual awakening. That was my romantic awakening. Like let's be one hundred percent clear. That's what I meant. I know, but like I'm just saying, like, um, but yeah. So like I have been aware of the fact that I was queer even before I had words for it, and then I was bullied for being queer before I had words for it. Mm-hmm. So like when I was coming to terms with these things, I, I knew, I thought that they were wrong because of everything that I had experienced. Um, so the first time I came out to my parents, I was like 12 and I wasn't even really trying to come out to them. I was like practicing coming out to them. And it was like on like a fucking camcorder. Cause this is back in the fucking day. Um, it was on like a camcorder and they discovered it. And they like pulled me aside and they were like, you said this on here. That's not right. You know, this is because X, Y, and Z, because I was, um, trigger warning, mute me. If you don't, you mute the, mute the, um, feed. If you don't want to hear about sexual assault, I was raped when I was let me do the math again, because for a long time, my brain fucked it up to protect me. And I realized a, a little bit ago that like, that's not how that works. My brother was 16. We are five years apart. So I had to be like 10, 11 years. I was, yeah, I was like 10, 11 years old. Um, and I was raped. Um, and it was a stranger, which is super fucking rare. But that happened. Or it's rare for kids. Mm. Uh, 
yeah, it's rare for kids to have that experience, but it was a stranger and that happened. And when I first, like, it took me a lot, like I waited until the statute of limitations was up before I told my parents. And it wasn't like an active decision to wait for the statute mm-hmm. of limitations. Yeah. Um, I would have never told them had I not been caught looking at pornography. And like, that's the thing is like, I was bullied for being queer before I knew what it was. And I was sexually assaulted by someone of my same, same gender. At the time I identified as a man or as a boy because I didn't know there was anything else. Um, but at the time, when you look up gay, when I, w- when I went into Google and like gay, what is gay? Gay men. All I was faced with was porn. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's I still it. unfortunately that is still fucking it's, true, which is so it's, it's a whole a, other conversation. It, 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 mm-hmm. it is still a big thing, but I will say now if you type in a spe- like because I've checked it, if you type in specifically what is gay, um, you will be faced with Glad, Glisten, Trevor Project. Like you will you will be faced with queer resources before you will be faced with queer porn, which is very good. Um, but at the, at the time I was going through this, the first thing I encountered was queer porn. Um, and so all of that was happening. The sexual assault happened. And Twitch, if you flag us for this, I am coming for you. <laughs> this is educational and this is important. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 100% like... I had all of those experiences. So for a very long time, I was hypersexual. And, you know, pretty recently, like in the last year or two, I've been interrogating that and I've discovered that I'm really not that sexual. Like a lot of my encounters have been because someone wanted to engage in that with me, not necessarily because I wanted to engage in that. And those encounters, I want to say this, like those encounters were not bad. Those encounters were not, painful or wrong for me but I didn't necessarily get a whole lot of enjoyment out of it like I enjoyed the fact that someone wanted to spend that time with me and enjoy me in that way but I didn't necessarily enjoy that exchange I feel Mm -hmm. that and so and hypersexuality for some people doesn't bother them and that is perfectly valid like if you enjoy those experiences if you want to continue doing that and as long as you are doing that in safe sane consensual ways more power to you, baby. Experience it, do it, everything you want to do, everything your partners want to do, explore it. But for me in particular, like I want those experiences to be enthusiastic and wholehearted. Uh, And I'm sure that my partners do as well. And so like, I've kind of like really scaled back in the kind of, you know, sexual things that I do with other people. Um, and that I was, was when you were talking about being on the, like the ACE spectrum. spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like, and demisexuality is technically on the ACE spectrum. And for me, like, I kind of like sexually identify as like queer ACE flex is kind of where I sit. <laughs> um, but yeah. And like the, the thing about hypersexuality is that as long as you're doing it safely and responsibly, it's not a problem as long as it's not a problem for you or your partners. Um, so now, so like circling back to uh, yes. like in polyamory, like for in terms of like what 
the options are um or like no nah, i don't know how to put this i was like what's the options which uh, which bubble <laughs> I don't do you mean, click like <laughs> well i, I mean, mean like there, there are there yeah are, and we talked oh, about that yeah. at the beginning we talked yeah, it's about just the, funny to call them options yeah <laughs> options. We talked um, just to catch joe up we've talked about monogamish we've talked about open we've talked about um closed triads open triads and full-on constellations and like full force polyamory mm-hmm. um, but there's also something called it uh so there's two other categories of polyamory that i kept running into um where you have hierarchical polyamory yeah we did we talked we talked about that a little bit and lex does not like it (laughs) i okay so i are you ra did preference it with my opinion right this is it's my personal opinion that i am not super into hierarchical high hierarchy whatever pronunciation i am not i am not into prioritized polyamory because it can become really damaging even without meaning to because you're saying this is the partner that i am prioritizing over anybody else and their emotional well-being and especially if that is not made expressly clear from the beginning it can get very damaging because it's like uh, it's like that that right of first refusal rule that a lot of poly couples or open couples have which is where hey i want to hook up with this person and if your partner says no that's it like you can't and like i don't like that because number one it says that your partner gets to have a ruling and a say over your expression of your sexuality and your autonomy over your body. Um, And it also like, doesn't feel good to the other person. Like, let's say you're already hooking up with that person and you're doing the thing, but your partner gets threatened by the connection that you're starting to experience with that other person. And they're like, no, I'm uncomfortable. You have to end this. Like, I don't like that because it's not good to the other person. And if you're straight up with that other person from the beginning and they say that they're okay with it, I don't get to have an opinion on that because that's your experience and that's your relationship and you get to do what you want to do. But for me personally, I, I, I don't engage in that kind of polyamory. It exists and people are 100% allowed to do it. I don't like it. Here's and now here's where I'm. This is where Wait, I say. Wait. Yeah, well, yeah, Joe. So that was that was okay. So Lex is very clearly in the relationship anarchy category. Yeah, <laughs> Just full blown. You don't need to know. Like I was going to try to define the two. You don't need to know the definition about RA. That is Lex's like clear stance. I practice both because of the different relationships or the different. Uh, yeah, no relationships I was a part of. Yeah. But there were some that clearly RA was golden and we that's that's how we functioned. And then there were other ones that I had that there were hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And so I why I was trying to get to this is because it's dealing directly with your situation that you are a married couple opening things up and trying to figure out what partner is going to fit well for you guys. Mm-hmm. And 
along the way, all of this communicate, communicate, communicate. Yeah. I say that now constantly with him on everything that I'm like, we need to communicate better. Like we need to, we need to like, like tie up these loose ends. Like those people need to be communicating better. Like their problems would be solved. They just fucking talked about it. Yeah. (laughs) That's me on every sitcom ever. Just talk to each other. (laughs) And and that's why I can't stand a lot of shows. I'm like, this would be solved if they just fucking talk to each other. I I am so. But here's the thing though. Hey, all three of you were talking. I want Joe to finish what what she was saying. Oh, so. RA and hierarchy can work with you and Nova. It depends on what you guys need and what is comfortable for the partner partners you find. Uh, A quad might be best for you because you are going to need someone distinctly different than what Nova needs. There's nothing wrong with that. And why I say hierarchy might be good for you is so you and they stay connected and can communicate solidly and know that you are each other's foundation to move out from there. And Um, so what I would say about, about that, like specifically, like for me and like in general, for me, so like, that's so Nova just is literally asking the question yeah, that I was going to ask. Not be hierarchical if if you're married on paper. And so for me, I definitely, you know, prioritize. We get to experience what we want to experience, but we're talking to each other about it. Um, and for me, is like if I have a long-standing relationship with that person, if I have already decided that this is somebody that I want in my life for the rest of my life, regardless of whether it's sexual or romantic or friendship, I'm going to, you know, prioritize that relationship in that I am going to, you know, be more willing to talk through things with them, and I am going to be more willing to take criticism and concerns from them then I would be a new partner um if it's you know somebody new that I so far I'm just hooking up with or just starting to hang out with and either they're being problematic or they are taking issue with my partner on things that aren't an issue I'll say bye to them very quickly which could be considered hierarchical um for me, the reason that I, I would hesitate to call it hierarchical is that I am not saying I am protecting this relationship at the cost of any other relationship. And that, to me, is the cornerstone of a hierarchical thing, which can be 100% valid and is like anybody is welcome to do that. For me, it's not the move because especially given my own trauma and given the way that I was raised, like I am done being told how I'm supposed to live my life and the way that I'm supposed to develop relationships. So that's all there. That's all fair. And I totally understand that. I think uh, something that you had mentioned before about like um, if your partner is not comfortable with you seeing that person, they, I feel like they should be, especially in mine and Nova's case, Mm -hmm. I feel like I should have a say in, in what, in the relation, the relationship that they're going to be engaging in with another person, because that we are the yeah, and there is a hierarchical. There is a difference between having your thoughts and feelings considered and having veto rights. 
Yeah, I'm not saying like I guess the veto yeah. thing is not what I would want. Right. No, 100 percent Like you, you know this person, you know this person. This this person is your life partner. This person is somebody you have intimate knowledge of. And you might have insights that they don't see. They may be glancing over problematic behaviors of that person. And 100 percent you should be able to say, hey, babe, they have done this, they have said this, and it, that does not feel right to me. It doesn't feel safe for me or you. Maybe consider this versus no, you can't see them. Emily, your hand is raised. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I never know when I can get an ed- word in advice, but also I don't want to dominate the conversation. Um, as far as Nicole, what you are specifically asking, um, the, the idea that there is like a hierarchical relationship tier system. Um, I think what the difference between just like a hierarchical polyamorous relationship where we are the two, you are my main partner. Like, let's say you and I were married, Nicole, we could only dream. Um, (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. We do dream about that. Let's be honest. Um, but as far as like, let's, let's pretend that you and I are married and we are polyamorous. Um, if we were in a hierarchical relationship, it would be more like you and I are the main couple. If you are out with your, one of your boyfriends or girlfriends and I call you and say, Hey, I need you home right now. You drop what you're doing and come home because I am your main person. Now that's can be fucked up. It can be fucked up if the person like that you are seeing, like if your dates are just dates, just people you hang out with friends with benefits, basically then yeah, absolutely. Drop their ass. Come see me. I'm having a bad day. But if your relationships with those people are deep, intimate relationships, which you would need because you are demisexual, you would need that deep, intimate connection. So let's say you and I are in a, a, a relationship, we're polyamorous, and let's say you are out on a date with Nova. You love Nova, obviously, like deeply. You love me deeply because we're married in this scenario. (laughs) So it would be unfair of me to say, hey, I've had a bad day. Drop Nova. Come hang out with me because I'm your main person. You married me. That's not okay. And it's not okay to Nova as well. Um, So I think the difference when it comes to hierarchical is how, how intimate you are with them. Like, yeah, a fling, a date. Yeah, that's whatever you, if they start becoming weird or maybe my partner like is like, Hey, I don't really like them. They are like freaking me out. They're giving me weird vibes. Totally different thing. If this is someone that I am, I like you are deeply committed to, like you are deeply committed to Nova. It would be completely unfair of me to ask you to prioritize me over Nova. So I think that you can have more than one person at that top tier if we're going for hierarchical reasons. Right. But like lower tiered, you can still have relationships on that lower tier. I just think that you, as a demisexual, which we just got a question in the in the chat, what is a demisexual? A demisexual is someone who uh, needs a an intimate connection, like a, a emotionally emotional yeah, connection, emotional connection with in order to feel sexual feelings. So they, if they go on a date, that can be instant. That can be over a, a course of a time period, but in order for them to feel any sort of sexual, sexual, like, yeah. Yeah. They need the way to, be I to have view an it, intimate emotional connection as well. As, as, as a person, well, see, that's, that's the thing. Like, that's where you get this person saying like, to me, that sounds like what any relationship should be. <laughs> that's a fair thing, a fair thing to say, 
but no, where I mean, I, I, I mean, it's not, but like, so where people go wrong is that they think of relationships as the, the normative way and it's not relationships are a complete spectrum. And that's kind of part of the conversation we're having. So me as a demisexual, when I found out that word, what it means to me is it made sense going, looking back through all of my sexual encounters and, and relationships where I felt the most enjoyment in the relationship or the sexual encounter was with the people that I had a strong emotional connection to. And the, the play, and that's what that means to me. So I could, I've been in relationships where I felt a strong connection to the person but they, but but it was a bad relationship. Like yeah. you can. Whereas, that doesn't, yeah. yeah, we have the other end of the spectrum, which is most, which is me. Whereas, <laughs> I have some stories I could tell. Um, no, but I I develop sexual feelings. I can develop sexual feelings for someone without them even like fucking speaking to me. And nine times out of ten, please do not. I am here for one reason. So like, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Please <laughs> don't speak to me because it's probably gonna be something stupid, and then I'm gonna right. be like, because I'm the opposite. If I de- start developing like emotional feelings for you, sexual feelings generally start to wane. So and, and, that's the other end of that spectrum. For and me. I mean, like, I feel like I'm like smack dab in the middle that like my sexuality will rear its head, and I'll just be like, "Whoa, girl, hold up!" Like, you know, and, and with that's- him. Like he make it's kind of like this funny thing of like had a thing for sensei. Well, technically, yes. Like the very first class I ever had at that dojo before I started working there, anything scared out of my mind, trying to work through trauma and all this. I walk in, I'm like, he's really cute. I would not do anything because I have to be appropriate and be a good student right now. <laughs> what is going on with me? Pendragon, you're saying my view is that relationships shouldn't be your traditional gender roles, but just between love and love. And what you are describing is a romantic partnership to me. Mm -hmm. What I understand about that is that it is a romantic partnership. What we are talking about is that there are multiple different types of relationships. There is familial relationships, there are professional relationships, there are sexual relationships, there are romantic relationships. None of those things have to have anything to do with the other and all of those things can be structured incredibly differently or incredibly similarly. Some people are able to have sexual relationships that have absolutely nothing to do with emotion that are just, you do this real good and I like the way (laughs) we do it together, so let's keep doing it. Some people can't do it that way. Some people have to have the romantic aspect of it where this is something we do, maybe not necessarily just with each other, but we really like doing it with each other and we also respect each other as people and want to have like conversations about things other than our physical pleasure. And like, yeah, like there's all kinds of ways to have relationships. And 100%, I believe that if you are having a romantic relationship, fuck a gender role in general. Like, it doesn't matter if it's a relationship or not. Fuck a gender role. I'm sitting in lashes and full makeup, like, (laughs) a gender role. But um, 
you are speaking specifically about a romantic partnership, whereas we are speaking on several different types of relationships. Yeah. And that the Including fact that there are several different types of relationships. Right. And so, specifically, so there was, we, we talked about Joe's uh, art, or sorry, photography uh, installation I mean, that we art. went to go see. Yeah, it is art, but specifically photography installation that we went to go see uh, where uh, it was called, I'm sorry, forgive me, I might butcher this. It was... It, Eight filters, Eight. one lens. Yes. Period. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Hell yeah. Uh, Thank you, ADHD. Well, but eight filters, one lens, which <laughs> which Joe, if you, I don't know if you want to describe it again, um, but it, it, it's what it's based off of specifically. Yeah. The eight so different. Um, following the eightfold path of Buddhism and matching it up with the eight types of love to then describe um, how a person finds uh, themselves in key relationships in their life. Mm-hmm. And you have and to actually have different kinds of love in your life to understand who you are. Fully, yeah. Yes. And I actually, um, if you, Joe, I, don't, I wanna get your consent before we do this, but um, I, I did find that, uh, that picture yeah. that I got. So, and I sent it to Nova. Is it okay if they put it up so we can see it and you can kind of tell us what- I had clothes on in that one, I don't care. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> there were so many other ones, but I did I made sure. <laughs> do you, really quick Nova, question, can you do, you have, do you have uh, like a website where you display that art? Or is it oh, like- naked art? Uh, it apparently I broke the link for it. I went and checked because I knew I was going to talk about it on I this. Love and that. I love that. I broke the link. So I need to fix it. And yes, I will have that live again. Yeah. Fix it. it. Please, please fix it. And I will share it on my Twitter. Yeah. Um, and I definitely want to, because I have another friend, uh, Silas, who is, um, non-binary, agender, polyamorous. I, I, I want to do a fuller conversation about this just between the three of us, because they are somebody who is AFAB, but like androgynously presenting like they flip-flop between mask and femme but they are trans mask um i'm trans femme and non-binary and you are cis so i definitely and we all have varying degrees of experience with polyamory so i want to have this discussion again just between the three of us that's fine yeah absolutely wow the picture it's so beautiful i know okay so can you tell me tell us about this picture and like which one of the the filters that it's supposed to be pretty sure that went in arrows Mm-hmm. It makes sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense because I have clothes on. Because <laughs> I have clothes on. It's not. It's not agape. Um, <clears throat> not platonic because you can always see my profile in platonic. This, okay, so let me just describe what this. No, no, no. It's unfortunate lover, which I'm forgetting the love. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that one wouldn't be what unfortunate lover because you can never see my face in any of those photos. It, uh, it's specifically like the, like unrequited. Yeah, that and so whenever I was talking about that kind of relationship, it's the ones that you have and you wanted it to be successful, but then it just it falls apart. You have no hard feelings mm-hmm. and you grew, but you just couldn't stay together. Yeah, that's that the that's like the relationship that I had bef- the the one right before. Nova, that's like literally what happened. Like we both genuinely wanted to be with each other and we worked well together and all that stuff, but it just 
it just didn't happen. Like yeah. it just, and it, there were, we're still friends. Like it didn't end badly. It didn't, it was just something that we were just like, you know what? It's not working yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what were you trying picture. to say earlier? Oh, um, yes, please. So I'm sorry. The relationship with like that, um, connections must be needed and, and like goals. Yes. One of my favorite examples of how a relationship doesn't need that and like order can be rearranged is one of my parents' good friends from college. He is in his like early 50s, met a woman. Uh, they're both uh, cis hetero mm-hmm. and they just had a great relationship. They were just totally friends. And then I think it went into a sexual relationship, but honestly, no idea. And they got married solely to uh, because the woman in the relationship, because I'm trying not to use names, uh, yeah. the woman in the relationship, her dad was really sick. And so they got married literally to use his insurance because he works for, he's like a high manager in the post office. So he got that federal money and that good insurance. And so they just got married for literally legal reasons. Yeah. America. And And then America that helped, (laughs) that helped his, uh, her father like live for a while because it was supposed to look like it wasn't going to happen. And so he, he got to like live and spend more time with her and they essentially then developed a romantic relationship. And then when he finally like, like, like the time happened and he passed, uh, the, her dad passed, like, they were like, well, cool. And they, they are essentially in love. Yeah. Want to keep and doing this thing? But like, it <laughs> totally was backwards not in that, yeah, man. not traditional at all. <laughs> yeah. That kind of makes me, yeah, that makes me think of, so I've in my own head due to all the stuff that's been going on between myself and Nova and, and the things that are changing, uh, in our world, I've, I've, the thing that my brain does due to PTSD is I think about every single possible scenario that could happen. I go like, I Dr. Strange that shit, like where I have the 14 million different outcomes. And Mm -hmm. one of those outcomes in my head that I am trying to work around is what happens if Nova and I are no longer attracted to each other but we still genuinely love each other and don't want to then like don't want to divorce don't want to like end the relationship nicole we're just yeah. redef- we just can redefine the relationship yeah right here be in me be be in me for a second <laughs> because what i'm going to no 100 percent. be in me because what i'm going to tell you is that if you two are no longer sexually attracted to one another, that does that will never sever the romantic attraction that you have. Your sexual attraction and your romantic attraction to each other is not linked. Those things are separate and they happen to coincide right now. But if you two, if if Nova goes through this transition and they like if they go on hormones and decide to surgically transition and they're no longer attracted to you for whatever, whatever, or you're no 
longer attracted to them for whatever, whatever, or both things are true. That's not going to erase all of the experiences you have together. That's not going to erase all of the hardships that you face together and all of the emotion that you share for each other. It is not going to erase your love. It never could. Yeah, I wish you were here like two days ago when I had like a literal nervous breakdown because of that. <laughs> well, babe, you should have fucking texted me. <laughs> but no, like, at the end of the day, is... like there are asexual polyamorous people. 100%. A lot yes. of yes. a lot of asexual people who experience romantic attraction are poly because they realize sexual contact is something that their partner needs that they are not interested in giving so 100% go get that babe I've, I've been trying to coax a, a co- not coax coach yeah, a friend yeah. of mine through that exact situation that their spouse was like I think I'm asexual I know we've had kids together but huh and he's like wow crap I didn't mean to do that but then my friend is like oh but I still, but I love you. I still want the thing. I want the thing. And and Mm -hmm. so for my friend, they are trying to figure out like the ethical non, how ethical non-monogamy will work for them because they love their spouse so much, but their spouse is like, go do your thing. And they're like, but, and so it's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I literally, I literally think that that's where the two of us are getting like in our heads about it and what that's what's making us so confused about what Mm -hmm. we need and what we want and how to go about it is because it it, like we've been so convinced about our monogamy for so long and not knowing what all these other things mean and what they can be that it's gotten us into this thing this headspace of like well this means we're cheating or this means we're like then jealousy can come into the the mix and all that kind of stuff. Okay, jealousy is a natural emotion and it will occur. Yeah, we we talked about that. Yeah. Communicate through it to understand what is actually going on underneath it because jealousy is masking something else. That's what we talked about. We talked about that, yeah. Emily, your hand is up. Emily, what? You can still cheat in a polyamorous relationship. Yes, you can. And (laughs) the thing is, the key and the key is in monogamous and polyamorous relationships. The key is communication. If you don't, or if you feel like if you, if you are doing something at any point that you are not telling, like specifically not telling your partner about, right? You would feel bad if they found out. That's cheating. Yep. It doesn't matter if you're poly, monogamous, asexual, whatever, aromantic, whatever you are doing. If you are in a relationship with somebody and you're doing something that you would be, you would feel you very specifically. Guilty. If you are doing something that you very specifically decide not, it, it, there's a difference between forgetting to tell your partner or not thinking it's important and specifically deciding specifically. not to Yes, that. That's the difference. Uh, Izzy says, yeah, Izzy popped in, pops in to raise hand as an ace poly. uh, Also relationship euphoria, which is something absolutely 100%. And like relationship euphoria relates back to compersion, relates back to, you know, feeling happiness because your partner is happy and like feeling just fulfilled 
and being very happy in the knowledge that you and your partner are solid and you're doing the things you need to do. And it's okay if the knowledge that your relationship is solid isn't consistent. It is okay to doubt those things and ask for that confirmation because we are all very complex individuals with very complex histories. Again, like I've covered, you know, one like one of my partners and I, you know, like we have some similar traumas, some very different traumas and very different histories with relationships, but also very similar histories in some aspects. And like, so for her, she very much needs like intentional inclusion. And I very much am used to being an afterthought and and like there are ways that like her partner would weapon her you know ex would or her abuser let me let me just say it like her fucking abuser would weaponize things he would say like if you want to i and- fucking hate that <laughs> <laughs> and so that's a trigger but the- oh my god and that's a i'm trigger. the same way and that's a trigger for her but, but for me for me, because my default is people not being interested in me or what I'm doing, I am not used to people wanting to be a part of things. So when I'm like, oh, you know, like this is a thing I'm doing and they're like, oh, like, do you want me to be there? And I'm like, yeah, if you want to, because like I'm not used to people wanting to be a part of things and mm-hmm. I'm used and, and what I used to do was have to beg people to do things and have to like beg for those things. So... I, I'm not used to people wanting to be a part of that and people wanting to take part in my life or the things that bring me joy. So like for me, I very much come from a place of assuming you aren't interested or like don't, you're ambivalent. So like for me, what it's very much- What did you call it for, that your partner has? What is it? Intention. No, no, no. The, the thing where they need to be included. What was it called? You called it, you said something very specific. You said that there, it's like intentional inclusion or I can't yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like she needs, she needs very, I mean, like that's not like a technical term. Yeah, no, but I just want to, I couldn't remember the words that you yeah. used because she, in, in my head, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, she needs intentional inclusion. Um, even with things like Bayonetta, um, like me streaming Bayonetta, where I will publicly be like, hey, if you want to do the thing, like come, come like see me do the thing. Like sometimes she needs to be reminded that no, like specifically, like I would love to have her there. Like sometimes she needs that reminder and like, that's okay. But it's also important for her to communicate that to me so that she's not harboring resentment about the fact that I'm not intentionally saying, hey, if you like, if you would like to come, I would love to have you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. It's all about like reframing and trying to think about that because like we went to, New- you met her, like we went to New York Comic Con together. Oh, the one who was Margot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I um, loved her. She was great. She's oh, amazing. See, no, I totally get it because we vibed very well right off the bat. And I only met her for like five seconds. And now I know why. Yes, 100%. <laughs> and so like there was one point. But again, where, I'm easy. So <laughs> <laughs> there was one point where like we were trying to like meet a photographer because they had wanted to take a picture of us in our Margot and Elliot cosplays. But Which was? <laughs> you didn't see you didn't see my desert Elliot you no saw, I didn't I saw you the day the, the next day, day before mm-hmm. yeah you saw me the day before but like we did 
specifically we did Desert Elliot and Desert Margot. Uh-huh. Um, and there was a photographer that like wanted to take pictures of us and like we had headed back to the Javits Center and they had already left and like they were just poor at communicating. But we were also supposed to meet one of my friends who lived in New York and we were like trying to figure this shit out. And she was like, I don't know, because she had the axes and they were heavy and blah, blah, blah. But like, she was like, I don't, like there was something going on. And she was like, um, basically it came down to like her, like we were trying to figure it out. But yeah, there was, there was very much a moment where, you know, she was, you know, feeling a type of way and saying a type of thing. And I was like, no, like, like if you want to, like, yeah. And we had a moment right there where, where, you know, she was like, Hey, and I was like, no, like literally like, this is what's happening for me. Like, yes, I would, I would love for you to meet red and I would love for us to do this together. If you want to do it like, and, and like, it's just, it's that, like, there are some ways that fundamentally our shit butts heads um, and we have to be aware of that and we have to communicate that. And like, that's, that's the whole reason that you have such open and honest communication. Um, and that's one thing that I say about myself is that largely I'm a very open person, but I'm not always a very honest person in that, like, I can tell you about things that I've gone through and I can tell you things that I'm going through currently, but that doesn't mean I'm going to tell you what I'm feeling about that. Like it's it's very much a fact of like somebody's like how are you doing i'm like i'm managing like this this and this are happening but i'm not telling you that like this is causing my suicidal ideation to tick up or this is causing me to doubt this this or this like i'm just saying this is what's happening whatever when it comes so like from what i from what i'm understanding from what everyone's talked about and like all that stuff like the fundamental tenant is communicate is communicate, communication communicate. all across the board like yep. the biggest fucking broadway <laughs> sign in the most beautiful lights imaginable communication fuck a broadway. The truth. <laughs> fuck a broadway you know what this is this is a goddamn motherfucking fantastic for blasted across the multiverse sort of shit. Like, yeah, it needs to be like sky written by a plane. <laughs> is this some like old school Billy Joel? Tell her about it. <laughs> like when you, for this, this is something that happened with me is yeah. whenever I, I leaned fully into the polyamory and I allowed myself to start having more open communication with those that I felt love towards my communication with everyone improved and yeah. I stopped accepting bullshit. Hello. Um, like the, and it gets really messy for me. And this conversation will probably be better in the three, the yeah, three we'll do it. We'll, version. Yeah. just real quick. Like the reason my longest term polyamorous relationship went downhill is because communication broke down mm-hmm. was not me breaking it down. I was still trying to force the communication and that isn't something that needs to be forced. You cannot, um, and, and that's the thing. It is, it is the same in physicality, emotionality, and just communication in general. Like you, it should not have to be forced. If you are having to force it, that person isn't putting forth the effort. You're not meeting 100% to 100%. Yeah, sorry. Mm. Um, and... <laughs> 
I got myself distracted with that joke. I, <laughs> I'm so tired. This week has been nuts. I'm sorry. Um, no, but we were talking about you're not meeting 100% to 100%. Yeah. And so if one person is trying to force more energy when there's none, like it's just, it's building toxicity. And mm-hmm. that's a situation that needs to be walked away from. And to clarify, 100% to 100% doesn't mean that you're always on the same page because going back to, we all have different traumas. We all have different levels of spoons. 100% to 100% doesn't mean they bring this thing up and we talk about it right then. 100% to 100% means we are giving an honest effort. So if you know person A says, hey, this thing happened and I'm feeling this way about it and I really need to talk about it. If person B does not have the spoons to talk about it because they're going through X, Y, or Z, the important thing is to not invalidate that and not be like, okay, well, we don't need to talk about it right now. It is to say, I love you and I, and I am, I want to talk about this with you, but I cannot do it right now. Like, it's just about being open and honest and then making time for it. it like, you have to, if they are bringing something to you that they need to talk to you about and you can't do it, in, if you honestly cannot do it in that moment, which happens, it's happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to Joe. I'm sure it's happened to any number of partnerships, monogamous or polyamorous, regardless. Sometimes re- sometimes certain conversations require a certain level of respect to be paid to them. And sometimes you just don't have the spoons to pay that. And that's okay. Exactly. I'd rather you wait. Exactly. And that's the thing. So like, if you, if you don't have the spoons in that moment, it's important to be honest about that so that you don't just enter into that conversation half-heartedly, but then you say, okay, I don't have the spoons for this right now. And I want to fully honor what you're feeling and what you need to communicate to me. And obviously like, you don't have to say that verbatim, but like, that's the spirit of what you need to be saying. But then what's very important is that when you wake up, the next day, the day after that, you need to be evaluating what do I have to do today on a professional and health level? Do I have enough time and spoons to dedicate to that conversation? Every time you wake up, you need to be doing that. And even if you can do it before that, if you, if you have your schedule laid out and you know, I have to be at work at this day, I have this appointment to keep this day, like evaluate that and be like, okay, so this day is very light for me. I should be able to do it. Let's put a pin in it for that day. And then when you wake up that morning, you know, if you have physical ailments or mental illness, whatever you have, when you wake up that morning, evaluate, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I have to do today. Do I still have the spoons to have this conversation? Okay. So now then, so now knowing that communication is the number one tenant, if the communication is there, mm-hmm. if you both know what you need and what your expectations are and the, your, the willingness is there to, uh, to let these things happen. So for in mine and Nova's case, 
Um, and I'm, babe, I'm speaking for you only because this is what I understand you want. And, and Nova, feel free to say, yeah, feel no, free to jump in. So Nova needs more, uh, Nova needs a, I have the power of chat. Nova needs, uh, a more sexual experiences mm -hmm. and I need a relationship. Yeah. You, well, um, okay, okay. Wait. So let's not say you need a relationship. Okay. Let's say you need more I need romance. You need more. You need <laughs> intimate connect. In, intimate that, emotional. Like connection. Nova needs. Nova needs more physical connection. Yeah. You need more emotional validation. Okay. Yes. So say. So say like. Uh, so say Nova says to me um, that they need more physical connections and they want it with it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have that with one specific person blah 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 it could mean several different partners and I'm cool with that fine that's what you need that's fine and then I say to them well I need more emotional connection and that could be with a couple of people or it could be with one it could lead to being with one person yeah or whatever, like say all of that is there and then communicate, everyone's fine, everyone's good, everyone's happy, we're good. Like then it's just about maintaining that. Mm -hmm. the, the communication and yeah. the, the parameters, yeah. the, you know, and that everyone's doing it safely. Cause I think one of Nova's things were, are you concerned about STIs? And I was like, well, I am because I'm the one that I'm, not the one that's going to be necessarily engaging in more physical pursuits, but, but still um, at the end of the day, like I don't, it is important. Yeah. Yeah. It's 100% important, but like, I also don't think Nova's going to be out here raw dogging. Like I should know. And that's like, not, <laughs> not ever the plan. About, that is also a boundary that 100% I agree with. Like, across, like that's the thing. Like that is one of my, like what, like, I, I'm not big on like imposing rules on my partners or whatever. My number, my, my two rules are be smart, be safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you, have, you, have you cannot yeah. save sex yeah. is smart. And like, yeah. one, like 100%, you cannot be out here just, mm, no, no, I don't care. Just do whatever you want. Because if you, if you aren't regularly doing things with me, like, whatever you take risks with your health but you are not only taking risks with your health you're you're taking risks with my health you are taking risks with every other person that you're doing things with absolutely mm -hmm. fucking not yeah not only from an sti level there's fucking covid there's fucking yeah oh, there's so many other things that can be communicated sexually yeah. like it's it's not just because here's the thing destigmatize stis i've had chlamydia i've had gonorrhea you take around a fucking antibiotics and it's gone like you that, know like 90 percent of the population all has a form of herpes like, right 100 like percent and you can, you can, you can transfer mm -hmm. herpes from your mouth to someone's genitals. Like that's a thing that can happen. It happened to a relative of mine. I will not <laughs> specifics, but it happened to a relative of mine. And also if Nova cried uh... to me, she cried to me and she felt dirty and she felt wrong and she was so hurt by it. And I was like, baby, it is 
first of all, you didn't like, I did tell her that I was like, I have always told you to wear condoms and be safe. And you didn't do that, (laughs) but you are not dirty. You are not less worthy. You aren't a bad person because this happened to you. Mm -mm. Yeah. Should you have made more considerations? Sure. But like, this is acceptance, baby. This isn't the end of the fucking world. And then, you know, when she got like fully tested and like got the full panel back, it's herpes simplex one. It's fucking cold sores that was communicated to her. Which literally, I'm not kidding you. My doctor told me like 90% of the population has. Yes, literally, like her partner communicated that to her because she had he had a sore on his mouth that he was unaware of when he went down on her. And that's why it got communicated to her. And that's why it manifested there at that time. And her doctor told her that like, this probably won't ever manifest there again. If it ever manifests again, it'll probably manifest on your mouth because that's its natural place. Mm -hmm. I have one last question. Yeah. That the it's the only other question that I have. And Emily already, I already discussed this with Emily, and she said to bring it to the chat. That would be a good idea to bring it to the chat. So I was having uh dreams multiple days in a row. This has never happened to me, about the same person. Mm-hmm. And it was of a romantic nature mm-hmm. that wasn't my spouse. Love you, Nova, but sometimes that happens. No, um no, I, I dream about Zach, I dream about Zach Efron all the time. But this is this is a real life. This is a real a life real life person, person that you have a real life person that I know that is I'm friends with, and I didn't know that I was attracted to them in this way until I started having these dreams, and I would wake up and be like, "Am I in love with this person? Like, not real, like not in love, but like, am I attracted to this person in this way?" And I said to Emily uh, because they they know who I'm talking about. Um, I was like, do you think like if if we ever entered into this polyamorous thing, is this like, what, should I shoot my shot? Like, what, like, what should I? And then Emily mentioned like, maybe it wouldn't be a good idea because it's someone that you're friends with and you both know. So my, so here's oh, my take on I, it. Let, my me, take, yeah, let me let Emily tell you. Her yeah. <laughs> my take specifically on this, and it's coming from a place of, when I have friends who do decide to open up their relationship, become polyamorous, or not become, but um, start pursuing polyamory, I mean, usually fine too. what yeah. happens is it's Try. like, okay, cool. We're, we're going to be an open, we're gonna, we have an open marriage now. Let's go uh, hit on all of our friends. And that <laughs> it becomes an issue and it becomes okay. an issue for me. Because something that I've experienced multiple times is, oh, yeah, I have this friend that I'm really like, yay, we're friends. And then they decide we're going to have an open relationship. And then every time it's the dude, it's never the woman. If it was the woman, I would have said yes. But every time it's the dude and it's always like, oh, yeah, we're so now we're we're open. So like I, I've always had a crush on you. And I've, always, I've always thought you're hot. And I'm like, OK, OK, multiple things, multiple it is, things. It is about it is 100 percent about how you approach it, because yeah. if Emily and Nate, like just to like pick yeah, you right. You're right here. If Emily and Nate were to come to me tomorrow and be like, we've been having this conversation and 
we really love your energy and we love you as a person and we have been talking about exploring this and we would love to explore it with you I would be down. Like I would 100% be like, yes, okay, let's do it. 100%. But if you come at it from a place of sexualizing me and you come yeah. at it from a place of commodifying and yeah. fetishizing me, I'm going to be like, um, no. And also I don't want to be your friend anymore. It is 100% in the way that you approach it to me as a person who has like experienced things similar to this. Like I have had people as as a femme presenting person with male genitalia, I have been fetishized. I have been commodified. I've commodified myself. Like, girl, like I was a sex worker. Get that me. money. Like, period. But like, <laughs> when people who are close to me, who I feel safe with do it, it perverts everything. And I am second guessing every interaction. But when you approach it from a place of, hey, so my partner and I have been having this discussion and I've been interrogating like our relationship and my feelings for you. And I would like to explore if anything more is there. I'm down for that. But when you're like, hey, you're really hot and I would love to fuck you. Like, yeah. no, bye, bye. All that makes me think is that every fucking time that like, cause for me with-, with Every friendship, time you were nice to me, you were trying to get in my pants. Every time <laughs> that we, I came over to hang out with you guys, all you were doing was thinking about getting me naked. Like every time I've worn a skirt over here, now I feel like I can't come over and hang out. I feel like I can't spend the night or wear a robe over here. Like it just, it perverts stuff for me when it's a friend. Just to I qualify That's a trigger though. for me. That's not where that- I know, I know what I'm yeah, saying. Is, it was my trigger. Joe, go. Uh, so kind of riffing off of the fact that this is sparking from multiple dreams, I will say I 100% relate. Mm -hmm. And it's why I proposed to him. Yeah. Because when I was in Japan, like uh, the, the entire reason why I had to move back was health problems. Related. Yeah. Uh, their medical system though awesome in many, many ways is very, very restrictive. And so I was not allowed to continue treatments that I can easily get here. And it was very early on in my stay there that I realized I will have to move back. Fuck. And I had a complete breakdown anxiety attack on the phone with Jared. him. And he literally, the only person in my life to talk me out of an anxiety attack. That had me in a weird place. And it was a few days later that I had this dream um, where I was helping out at the dojo. I was training out there and one of my senseis there was talking to me and he's like, oh, who is that over there? And I was like, oh, that's my husband. And it's him teaching our style of martial arts to the children at this at, our, at my dojo out there. And I remember snapping awake and being like, I called him my husband. Now, I think Emily's the only person that understands this about me. Fuck marriage. I have never been someone to be like, yeah, I totally want to get married someday. Yeah, I want to be a blushing bride. That has not ever, mm -hmm. ever been me. Like, no. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. I, I came back and I told people, like, I'm going to propose to him. And they're like, wait, you want to get married? Who is this fellow? What? Special. Um, 
so yeah. And it, and I had similar dreams to that more than once that like in the dream, I was like, yeah, that's, that's my husband. And he, like, I brought him with me because of like whatever visa I had at the time or whatever work I was doing. I was like, no, he's with me. And everyone was like, okay. And at each time I woke up and I was like, why was I so happy and comfortable with that one thing? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to think about this mad hard. I'm going to talk to people that I trust. That's you talking to Emily. And mind you, like my example is extreme, but I feel like for you, it's, it's somewhere sim- similar that you and Nova are going through something extreme for yourselves and you're realizing another part of yourself and that you have this capability within you to care deeply for other people that you already have in your life. Um, so I think like, the, so the thing, I, the question that I oh. initially had was, so in my head, the answer to that is as long as Nova and I are communicating those things to each other mm-hmm. and, and we're both on board with that, then it shouldn't be an issue. Like who yeah. are what it like mm-hmm. what it is because yeah, and like it's important to remember especially because you aren't going to just be seeking physical gratification outside of the union like you are looking to like have that energy in your life period like you are looking to experience that like as a long-term experience and you need a deeper connection it is important to remember that it's like, yes, 100%, I know that you are prioritizing you and Nova, but it is also very important to remember that, especially because you are looking for emotional connection, the other person's feelings are very much important. Oh yeah, that break, that opens up a whole other area of questions that I'm gonna end up having eventually, which are like, how do I flirt again? Like I haven't been oh, girl. in seven fucking years. How do I, I approach I, it? But wait, how do I approach it as a married woman? Mm-hmm. How okay. do I go to someone Just, and say, hey, I'm married, but we're polyamorous. Do you want to like hang out with here's me? Here's the like, thing. How the fuck do you say that? Here's the thing. You don't say it like that. You don't, you don't <laughs> have to say it like that. But here's the thing is that like, I'm literally like as a polyamorous person, I'm on Bumble and Tender and like, I'm on dating apps and I don't hide the fact that I'm polyamorous. And in fact, on OkCupid, both me, yeah, like both me and one of my partners have an OkCupid and our our OkCupids are linked. Like, like Like you can literally, like when you look at my OkCupid, it says, partnered with and like it links to her profile i would always recommend like dating apps and like communication beyond like being in a bar because when you're in a bar together it turns into like you guys buying drinks for somebody and being like hey like that's weird it's weird I just want to say this right now to be clear to Nova too. Like I am never going to be uh, in a situation where the two, the two of us are going to want to be with the same person. Yeah. That's never, yeah, that's, that is a hard pass for me. And that's fine. Um, that's, man, that, that was my favorite relationship I was in. <laughs> like, but I enjoy just, being adored. Thank you. But that's just me. Like I, that I, also Nova and I have very different yeah. tastes when it that's comes fair. to people. So like, I don't that's think we would fair. ever agree on. No, because 100% <laughs> because like, 
I don't have like. Can I rephrase that? I didn't. Can you rephrase that? I didn't understand. Oh, uh, we're never having a threesome. <laughs> oh my god. And so, like, for it won't be in so, a triad. Yeah, there you go. We're, yeah. We won't be in a triad. I'm keeping it clean. Well, and so, like, yeah, like, and like, here, like, you'll be in a hinge. Like, you can 100 yeah. hinge, but you'd never be in a like true triad where everybody. Yeah. I'm I'm just throwing it out there though. If Nova and I ever actually found a real life human being that we both were sexually attracted to, and we both, yeah, I would be shocked because well, our taste no, and like that's what I was about to say is like <laughs> our so taste for of me, people like so I don't weird. have, I 100 do not have intimate knowledge of either of your attraction patterns, but I do get the sense that. Um, while you are kind of attracted to androgyny, like you would much prefer if you are dating a, let's say penis owner, um, <laughs> because I don't want to say, I don't want to say man, but like, right. if you, if you, penis if, owner. if you are seeking a penis owner or a masculine presenting person, you are looking for a largely masculine presenting person. Like I think Nova is kind of outside of your general attraction pattern. And I also think that when you first met Nova, not to say that, and Nova 100%, please tell me to shut the fuck up if I'm, if I'm wrong, but you so much, babe. I think when you and Nova first started dating and when you and Nova got married, like Nova's understanding of themselves Oh yeah, we were two completely different people. Right, like, and so almost. like Nova, when you guys first got together and when you first got married and even in like the first several years of your marriage, Nova was presenting more masculine, not necessarily traditionally masculine, but not as feminine as they are necessarily seeking now. And so I think your attraction pattern to penis owners slash masculine presenting people is outside of toxic masculinity for sure but definitely 100 percent within a comfortable masculine range like you would not be attracted to someone who identified as male and presented like i do i mean but you're hella gorgeous <laughs> you're also attracted to women as well and i think that's more and your, like, uh, and that's the thing is like i i present very hyper femininely so the things that you are attracted to in me aren't male or masculine you're attracted to me because i present in a very hyper femme way that's fair at the um, end of the day, we're all really attracted to women to with me. swords. Not that you're attracted <laughs> to me. I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, you, I, no, listen, <laughs> you said it earlier. I'm fucking easy. Like, I'm a whore. Like, but I no, am. Like, that's the thing is, like, I think you, you have an attraction pattern that is, if I am wanting someone to do specific things to me i want them to present this way and if i want them to do this to me i want them to present this way whereas nova <laughs> is a lot more but especially because nova doesn't have the emotional component because i think you seek out different validation from femmes than you do from mask people I'm really getting into my like fucking. No, it's okay because, but that's true. Because we should wrap I, it up in like ten more minutes yeah, though. Because yeah, let's yeah, wrap it up on the I am, Because what? I am hetero romantic. That's kind yeah. of where I lean. And so you lean more towards like, I don't. I will not say heteronormative, 
but more of a binary romantic situation. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. So me. like when you when you are seeking out a femme, like you you are looking for something very specific from that kind of connection because as a I won't say cis, but as an AFAB person, you have a particular experience that you would share with a femme. And as as someone who is AFAB but more masculine presenting, you when you look for feminine energy, you look for feminine energy. And they don't have to be AFAB, like they don't have to be assigned female at birth, and they do not have to be a cisgendered woman, but they need to be high femme, which I think yeah. is which is I think what you find appealing about me is that like I am I'm very high fat like I have masculine moments but I'm I'm high fat um and I have an understanding for you like just talking right here I have an understanding for you that a masculine presenting person or a cisgendered male wouldn't necessarily have and so when you're looking for you know a a masculine partner you're looking for something very specific. Whereas Nova yeah. is a little bit more wherever on the spectrum you fall, if you can meet this, we're good. <laughs> that's And that's what, so that was one of the things that was interesting about when Nova and I, my spectrum is wide. That's very true because Nova doesn't need emotion to be sexually attracted to people. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it's just whatever, if, if they're sexually attracted to them, it's because they're, that's what they are. Yeah. Um, but Nova does have a type when it comes to the female relationships that they've been in mm-hmm. that to my knowledge, um, the, the females that he has been intimate in intimate relations, romantic relationships with are very masculine females. No, like literally we had this conversation when I visited you in New York, you told me to stay away from your husband because I'm very femme presenting and he is into <laughs> femme, a mad people. Like you were like, don't steal my husband. <laughs> because, but like, and it's fun. So the girl, uh, there, a girl that was dating Nova when I met Nova, um, when we were just casual acquaintances, uh, I thought just based on outward appearances that they were uh, a man. Oh. oh, I thought they were a man. I, and so, and also because the only thing I knew about Nova when I first met them was that they had made out with Robbie. So I assumed that they were gay and that then I saw them with this person that they were dating. And I thought that even more because I thought they were a man. And then I found out that it was a woman and I was like, okay, so you're, then I found out that they were bisexual and that all that fine. Um, But like, it's, Nova has a very specific type of female that they go for and I fit that bill because I'm very much a tomboy like I hate that word but like it's it's the worst way to describe you know so here's what you are if I can if I so here is my impression of you. A sexual preference scarf. This is not <laughs> this is not what you are if this is not what you identify as, but this is my impression of you. And like we've talked about this, like I don't think you're cis. I do not think you're cis. I think you are non-binary, specifically a gender, comfortable with she, they pronouns. Um, and I think you are somebody who understands the power that femininity holds for you especially as a white woman like not to get like hyper political but white women are the only marginalized group that can weaponize their oppression they're the only ones that can like 
put on this little voice of like, I didn't know that what I was doing was wrong. And like, I'm so sorry. And like, get the fuck away with it. Yeah. And, it's, fa- yeah. I mean, it's white women in tears. So yeah, like, you, you recognize Organized. the power that femininity holds for you. And sometimes you enjoy femininity, but there are a lot of parts of femininity that are uncomfortable for you. And there are a lot of things in masculinity that you are a lot more comfortable with. All of that said, I adore you and I adore Nova and I adore your partnership and I am invested in (laughs) helping however I can, if that is being an ear for either of you, if that is helping Nova through their gender experience and their transition experience, should they choose to do that, I'm here for that. And I'm also here for you to help you have a perspective of what Nova is going through. Cause Nova and I are very similar um, in as far as like our gender experience. And so there are things that are gonna be hard for you to ask them because you don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. You don't want to make them feel like you don't love them or that's in doubt. But like there, you don't ever want them to be in doubt of your support of them or your love for them, but you're going to have questions and you're going to have doubts through this. And I am here to talk to you about that as well. As much as I'm here for Nova, I'm here for you because I love you guys equally and I want to help in whatever way I can. So glad I got you in the divorce. Oh, Izzy, I love, I love you guys. And I love so grateful to have a sibling that that you know, even though you're younger than me, I'm learning from you. And that's gonna I think happen. Is amazing. Like, I am I am as far as like politically and socially, I am the smartest of my siblings. Um, <laughs> and my sister, Darby said that. She's, <laughs> she she knows that. She has learned from great. Me. She's very, she's very open to that. Um, my brother might disagree. Um, <laughs> but all of that said, this has been wonderful. It's gone on yes. far longer than we thought. Yeah, it I think I think longer. at the end of the day, like it all just boils down to Jaylen, Jaylen my. Out. He said, yeah. go. He he's he had work today starting at eight o'clock, and oh, wow. he did not. It is absolutely done. okay. So, yeah. Nobody is offended. I am. I'm happy he joined us. Like, yeah, I, that's awesome. Yeah, I was excited. And if he would like, if he would like to join for the podcast discussion, he is, he is welcome to, I'm happy to have him. Yeah, no, he's, I forgot to tell Emily, he's down for like the GMing talks, the, uh, all the Yay! things. Like, all the talks. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We love um, to, to the, the Nova family. We're like, <laughs> thank you guys. As, as the host, let me close it out. Real quick. Let's go through and do our tag. Yes. I, Nicole, tell me where everyone can find you and how you, Yes, tell me all about uh, So you can find me on Twitter at Nicole the Nerdy. I am also, uh, I stream here on the Novi Twitch channel on Mondays and Wednesdays, unless I don't have the spoons, which to be honest lately, I don't. Um, uh, playing through the Dragon Age series. Uh, For the so, first time, this is, this is. Yeah, I've never played this game before in my life. So it's all very first time experience. I also am a part of the Legends of Lanamora so, uh, podcast that Novi Studios produces. Uh, it's our flagship podcast. I play Scarlet on there, so you can catch me on our podcast. Uh, and that goes, and also Emily and I do a talk show called Dilly and Dally, where we literally just do basically what we're doing now, but we go off into way it's more. so tangents. much worse. 
it's way worse. We talked uh, for Gilmore Girls for four hours. <laughs> more than that, but yeah. <laughs> and, and Emily. You can find me on most social medias, uh, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram as at Neurotic Good. Um, and I am also, I'm on Legends of Lanamora. I do Dilly and Dally with Nicole. I also stream Dragon Age. Um, I'm making different, I have played Dragon Age before, but I am specifically on purpose making separate decisions from Nicole so that our endings are completely different. Um, so that is the goal. And sometimes it is very difficult and hard, but you can catch me doing that uh, on Thursdays. Joe. Yes. Uh, so right now you can find me on Instagram at little star girl. Um, that's kind of it. Uh, I have plans to do more with Novi later in the year after some insanity in my life uh, mm-hmm. calms down. Um, yeah, I'm helping start a 501c3 nonprofit charity here to help yeah. with uh, community outreach and involvement. So that's a little intense. And hopefully I can talk more about that in the future. Yes, yes absolutely. You I want to hear all about it. Hi, I'm Lex. Thank you guys for coming. I use they, them pronouns. I can be found on Twitter at AUPlatedGarbage. I can be found on TikTok at LexLux. That is L-E-X-L-U-X-E. I can also, in the future, be found on the Lex Talk About It podcast coming to Novi Studios. Um, And I hope to, in the future, not only have another talk with Joe about polyamory with an exclusively polyamorous panel, I am planning on another episode talking about the ways that we can do community outreach and the ways that we can do mutual aid because those things are very important, especially as marginalized communities have been weaponized against one another. So it's very important for us to talk about those things and debunk them, especially coming from somebody who is of Eastern Band Cherokee descent. There's a lot to go into there and we'll do it in the podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining. Thank you. Have a beautiful night and always come in good faith to everything you bring to anyone. Yes. Let's be legends. Let's be legends. (laughs)